For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Not wanting to sound alarmist then, if at all possible, you need to be checking on neighbours, senior citizens and those that might be vulnerable or unwell. Make sure they've got uh, enough heat and uh, that they're looking after themselves and also that they've got enough food in and what have you. And it's a story that makes the mail today because further up the country, temperatures will drop even further. And that's why they're saying older people are being urged to stock up on food, medication and heat as the cold snap sets in. In fact, they talk about uh, daytime highs up the country as low as minus four to minus six degrees. So you can imagine that would be like, and that leads to treacherous conditions, particularly with regards to frost and snow and, uh, you know, ice and what have you. So it'd be good to be checking in uh, on neighbours, certainly to make sure everybody's okay and well stocked up. Front of the Echo this morning uh, carries the tragic death of Irene Teep, who died at the age of 35 in 2017. And of course, um, we know the story of Irene and many other women like her uh, who are, were di- diagnosed ultimately with um, with cancer, having had negative smear test results uh, in previous years. In the case of Irene Teep, 2010 and 2013. And yesterday, um, her battling and brave husband uh, and dad to her children, Stephen Teep, um, was in the High Court settling an action against the HSE and two of the laboratories involved in the uh, in the false testing, uh, the widower Stephen Teep and uh, sons settled that claim, um, and she and he and of course she'll never be brought back, but her memory lives on and those of other women like Irene. And it's a story that makes many of the newspapers today. Um, staying local, um, I, th- I believe this could well be the last uh, public um, photo op. I don't know whether it's the last opening that he will do. But Michal Martin, they they've held on to the the bypass. I'm told the opening of it to suit his calendar. That, that's what I'm told. Now, his office probably will refute that, but he certainly will open the McCroom Bypass a little later on this morning, or at least the eight-kilometre section of it. Now, ultimately, it will be 22 kilometres, and it'll run brand new road around lots of towns and villages, including the likes of McCroom and Balavorny. So it'll be 22 kilometres in total. And I love the fact that vintage cars from the Moscow Vintage Club will be part of the cavalcade and that will drive the road and the route uh, a little later on today. Bjorn Martin will cut the ribbon or whatever he does and officially open it at 11 o'clock, and then the public will be able to travel it and drive it from 2 this afternoon. So ultimately then, at some stage, all of it will open in the not-too-distant future uh, and uh, will be rocking and rolling on a brand-new road, uh, the cost of which actually is uh, quoted in the papers this morning as €300 million. Euro. That's the bypass cost, €300 million. Story from uh, the examiner today. It's interesting, UCC, back in the 1920s, were given by the uh, clerics um, at the African missions um, some Egyptian um, human remains. Now, it was, it's a mummified human remain. And back in the 20s, they claimed that it actually was the mummy of an Egyptian queen, the mummified body of an Egyptian queen. Now, subsequently, it's turned out that it wasn't, that it was actually the remains of an adult man, estimated to be between like 45 and 50 years old. But the point is, UCC are repatriating all of the objects that were given to them back to the Egyptian state, which is, of course, the right thing to do. Uh, and, of course, um, we should be doing the right thing and repatriate. And like other countries should be doing, the UK are trying to do it. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of talk that they'll get better at giving back things that were robbed or looted or taken. 
be a good idea if they gave us back the uh, annals of Inish Fallon. Uh, that would be a nice thing, wouldn't it? A nice start. But, of course, talking about the UK, it's all about Harry the Nasty this morning. Um, I don't know if they call Meghan any names like Harry the Nasty, but it's the front page of The Sun today. The front page headlines in the Irish tabloid editions of The Sun, The Star and The Mirror are quite different, and The Mail as well, are quite different to the UK ones. I think one of the, the tabloids in the UK this morning, not quite sure which one, I saw it online last night, has a close up photograph of a head and shoulders of Meghan Markle with a towel around her head reminiscent of Hilda Ogden in Coronation Street so not very becoming I suppose and they didn't find a particularly flattering photograph Uh, but what are you going to do I mean I sat through the first episode of it last night it's all I could do to get to the end of the first episode I couldn't do the other two I just couldn't I started the second one and the whining and the whinging started off again and I said I can't do this it put me in shock and bad form but anyway it's very interesting because apparently the deal that Harry and Meghan who just want a, a quiet life away from the royal family I was told the deal is worth 100 million euro pounds Dollars, call it what you want. Does it really matter what currency? It's a hundred million of it. That's what the six uh, season documentary is worth of them. There's big money. Uh, and we'll have a look at it in closer detail. I don't know if you watched it. Perhaps you did. I'd love to know your thoughts on it. Text 0868104106. It was much ado about nothing. I mean, if you're looking for drama, I suppose, you'd be hoping there'd be something in the next three episodes, from what I'm told. I can only, I can only talk about the first one myself. And that was like watching paint dry. I mean, I actually felt I was mortified for them. Mortified. TikTok, I don't know whether there's any mortification with regards to Leo Varadkar because he says that it's a, a private matter. He was unaware that he was being filmed in the nightclub. But TikTok have now taken down the viral video uh, of Leo Varadkar socialising last weekend. It took place in a gay nightclub in the city centre. He was unaware that he was being filmed at the, filmed at the time. He actually does go so far to say that he can understand why many people wouldn't go on to, into public like, life because of stories like this. Um, but of course he claims and to an extent although not everybody agrees um, it is his private life but uh, it was in a public place however even notwithstanding that it might have been in a public place like a a nightclub uh, there are still issues with regards to filming people a serious problem with that people filming others and then posting videos of them without the permission online. But that's just my own thought on it. Uh, you heard the news at 9 o'clock with regards to asylum seekers and their nightmare trips to Ireland. It's an exclusive story making the mirror this morning where they talk with some of the asylum seekers, particularly those that are in the East Wall area. To hell and back is the headline. And they speak to different people who, who actually detail where they've come from and why they are here. And um, They are staying in an, an, in an, an old ESB building um, and they, they said if they could they would protest as well, like the people People who are protesting outside because they're being treated like caged animals, they say. Hundreds of male asylum seekers were bussed into the former office block and came, actually, I'm told, from the Crown Plaza Hotel the previous week. And the mail, the mirror this morning, I should say, describes each floor, which contains partitioned cubicles uh, with wooden bunk beds and white duvet covers. Um, um, very, very small, partitioned. The, the showers are not segregated. So one of the women there, a 24-year-old North African woman, said that men can see her as she washes. So they speak with that lady. They also speak to a man from the Democratic Republic of Congo and another from, from the Middle East. Um, and they describe the conditions as inhumane, as in like caged animals. And of course, yesterday we heard that the FAI has been fined €20,000 for the Up the Ra chant. 
um, violating rules of decent conduct is what the U, what UEFA said with regard to the incident. So 20 grand has to be shelled up for the uh, footage of the players singing, the, they say, the controversial Wolf Tone song. Celtic Symphony in the dressing room and again uh, unfortunately uh, I suppose the poor girl who filmed that and shared that innocently uh, if she could take back that uh, time again she certainly wouldn't do that I suppose uh, but yet again it's out there 20 grand your thoughts on whether they should have paid it or been fined or always welcome text 0868104106 I love this little one from the mail this morning where there's a figure and the figure is 124 million euro what's that figure to do with well it's unclaimed prizes uh, from the lottery uh, the national lottery 124 million and if I'm to believe what the mail is saying this morning uh, only a tiny proportion of it like 2% of the 124 million that was unclaimed don't know why people don't claim I assume they I'm assuming that they don't want it I mean they surely must want it they must just not know that they've won the lottery or won something in the lottery but only 2% of the 124 million was actually spent topping up prizes or going back into the jackpots. 98% of that 124 million was spent on marketing and advertising. I would have thought that it would go to charitable causes and back into the jackpot, but it didn't. And one big issue, actually, and I don't know if this happens at Cork Airport, it'd be interesting to know, uh, but in Dublin, there's a big problem with people targeting planes as they're landing at Dublin Airport with lasers. And they're saying in the Indo today that at least five aircraft were targeted in laser attacks as they came in to land in Dublin Airport. I mean, what kind of a moron or morons would do that? Try to do something that could lead to a plane actually crashing and killing everybody on board. It's just totally and utterly moronic. It's a bit like the other story of your man who comes into the post office above in Dublin. Do you see it? It's the Port Marnock post office. It was shared online, the video I saw it last night. Uh, he's brandishing a large knife and he's trying to rob the post office. But eventually he just gives up and walks out because there's a woman at the counter and she couldn't give two hoots about your man behind her with the mask on the face. And he, he's, I don't know what he's saying to her, but she just gets on with doing her post office business. And eventually he just gives up. <laughs> He's standing there. She's she's at the counter. He's standing behind her in the queue. He's waving this yob. He's waving a. He's got the mask on. He's got the hood up, and he's he's waving this big long knife. <laughs> but everybody's ignoring him. So when no one pays attention to him, he gives up, uh, walks back out with his bag empty and the knife in his hand. <laughs> she just, probably one of the better ways to react to somebody I just think it's very funny I mean it's a serious side to it don't get me wrong I understand that and then for the um, life that you lead and the healthiness of the old body apparently they have now found that people with more vitamin D in the brain are much sharper in old age and of course one way of doing that of course is um, you know fresh air sunlight in reasonable amounts and vitamin D levels in things like fish and, and meat and what have you, oily fish. But they took a look at people who had recently died um, and had a good look at the vitamin D in their brain. Now, it didn't keep them alive because they ultimately died. But they were able to say that those that died at a really good age, an old age, uh, with high levels of vitamin D, died without any dementia, without any cognitive behavior issues, and without any, any issues regarding Alzheimer's. And it was all put down to vitamin D. So it's about sunlight and walking and getting out there. I don't know whether it includes Brussels sprouts, because that's on the bloaty list this Christmas, according uh, to this morning's star. They're saying that um, the, the main offenders, and I know that like you eat them, you bloat, 
the next stage, of course, is getting rid of the bloat, of course. So apparently that could have a lot to do with flatulence and what have you. But the main offenders across Christmas, by all accounts, are Brussels sprouts and Christmas pudding. So bear that in mind. And the things that wreck people's heads and the different jargon that we live with now in the 2020s include people who say Happy Friday. Um, it's it's always annoyed me, Happy Friday. Um, it's just one of them. People hate emojis as well, apparently. And there are lots of other phrases that people get annoyed with, particularly in the weekend. Uh, sorry, particularly, I should say, in, in the workplace. Uh, and it includes people who use terms in emails like just touching base. Just touching base. If that annoys the hell out of you, you're not alone. Uh, there are other ones. Just looping in. Very annoying, aren't they? They're even saying them they're annoying. Just touching base, just looping in. Uh, people who send emails entirely in capitals, they're shouting at you, lads. Capitals is shouting at you. And another one uh, that they say is uh, just um, as previously stated. That's aggressive, like. That's aggressive. It's aggressive all day long. As previously stated, it really means, why aren't you paying attention to me? Why aren't you responding to what I'm saying? What's your problem? As previously stated. But out there, all on its own, like the Cork Farmers Union, happy Friday. Drop it. Like radioactive waste. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, I see people texting other phrases that wreck their heads as well. Keep them coming. The phrases that wreck your head. Text 0868-104-106. Here's one here. Uh, I saw this one. We'll circle back. We'll circle back. Uh, we'll revisit, I suppose, would be another one. So keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. And so to uh, Netflix and the 100 million uh, euro, dollar, sterling, whatever you want to call it, documentary that started last night. Um, th- th- <laughs> I was looking for audio from it and there's absolutely nothing in my book anyway that's any way decent enough to kind of say, wow, that was a stand-up moment. But here was the, here was the promo. You were late. Mm-hmm. That he kept texting when he was late. He's like, I'm in traffic. I'm so sorry. I'm in traffic. I'm so sorry. I was panicking. I was freaking out. I was so sweating. Again, I didn't know him. So I was like, oh, is, is this what he does? Got it. Like, this I'm not doing. I'm not going to sit. <laughs> what was that supposed to mean? Like, like one of the guys who's so much of an ego that you're not going to, that you don't, that any girl would sit around and wait for a half hour for you. And I was just not interested in that and then when I walked in I was hot so sweaty sweet. red ball of mess she, she like oh, like that's oh, not no not. that's not what you want you <laughs> I'm are so, you genuinely sorry. were like so embarrassed and late mortified for the two of them. So we know, um, Mark uh, Willington, that Harry sweats and that the royal family don't take traffic into consideration. <laughs> Can I just say, it was so boring. It was dreadful. <laughs> so dull. Oh, God. Yeah. I've also got Laura O'Malley from the Breakfast Morning Crew who uh, had an OB in Bandon this morning. I hope she's in out of the cold. Uh, and I'm told a self-confessed royal watcher. Laura. Happy Friday, me. <laughs> I circle. I circle back to you on that one. <laughs> I'll loop around you there in a minute, kid. I'll just loop you in on that. Anyway, did you, did you endure it? I endured the first episode, Neil, and I mean, it was endurance. It was a lot of slow pictures of them, clips of them. I mean, like, was I bait into it? Yes. Did we learn anything new? No. 
did you give up on the other two or will you watch them at a later date? Oh, I'll watch them at a later date. Absolutely, I'll watch them. I did think that in the early kind of 10 minutes that Harry threw some shade at Kate as William's wife. How? Because he, he said that um, Meghan wouldn't be the typical person that the family would embrace and that you could he could have just gone for the typical person. And I'm like, ooh, was that ooh, shady shade Was that the bit where he said that, um, that they usually marry somebody to fit the mould? Correct, correct. I actually I mean, thought that was about his mother and Charles myself. But I, did, I suppose Diana didn't really fit the mould. Like they couldn't quite get her to get to fit into that mould. They were definitely leaning heavily on the Diana thing. And like um, Archie, the little baby, looking at a picture of Lady Diana was a very moving moment. But it's clear, like Harry's angle is, I don't want done to Meghan what was done to Lady Diana. But having said that, then why are you doing a documentary? Yeah, why? Why didn't you do? And Edward and Mrs. Simpson, and just go quietly into the I night. Know. Into this private is the problem, life. you see. They can't. They can't start giving out. Then it's a chaotic choice to do the documentary. It's a chaotic choice to be like they've been taking video footage of themselves for a couple of months. It seems now in order to put it into this documentary. That seems a bit too forward planning and calculated for the world. They seem like two absolutely grand people. Go on off and be in love in America on your own, and and you you just have to move on, guys. Don't be doing a documentary about it, Mark. I mean, I I can't disagree with anything Laura said, and they I I like the two of them. I think they've been unfairly I can't treated. Warm to I try and try and try. I know. What I, you I, mean. I, I think your man is a decent enough full skin, but know, I think she's I think she's ruined the, him. The weirdest thing about last night was because uh, I'm actually halfway through the third episode. God, <laughs> oh my you. sins! Um, but it was. I said last night. I said. I actually liked them more before I started watching this. Extraordinary. Yeah, yeah. and it was just like, like the parts of the, the, the history side of it I actually really enjoyed, but but the other stuff was just pure Hollywood self-indulgence and I just can't get on board with that. Having the lunch with her pals and having tea and then, you know, the yeah. meeting in restaurants and the, all the clandestine affair stuff, that's fine, but that's Mills and Booney stuff. Like. Yeah. That's not what people signed up to watch. So are we expecting something better now in the next three or what? Well, apparently there's What's the, the promise of something it? better. Um, well, the thing is as well, and, and episode one and certainly into episode two and three, um, that they're, they're quite stinging in their attacks on the British press in particular. So you can't yes. expect yeah. the British yeah. press to be on board with this series in the slightest. So, I mean, the front page of the star today calls them royalty turned Z-lister reality stars. Um, oh. The front page of the mirror is just two months after our Queen died, Prince Harry is bemoaning his treatment again. Prince William is venting his fury again. Meanwhile, thousands of ordinary Brits are choosing between heating and eating. Stop yeah, this royal yeah, circus. that's right. So yeah. there's They've a lot of real that. problems in their life, yeah. yeah. And yeah. William is freaking, I think, um, I don't know, Laura, where you across that, but he's freaking out because Harry used video footage of his mam and used bits of the panorama sh- uh, interview, which yeah. was car crash stuff and turned out to be fake and lies in the first place she was set up for it so he's angry about that I mean I mean really their brother their brothers at war like let's be honest about it they've had a big falling out and like as in William obviously is quite happy to stay in the fold Harry's not I'm sure Harry wishes that William would speak out in his defence but actually William has kind of doubled down and he is being that public royal figure and he's doing all his engagements he's being the good boy but Harry was never the good boy Harry never told the line and I just kind of feel like it's it's gone away from being the royal family now it is just that mess of a drama like 
also the problem with Megan Neal, I think, is the fact that she's an actor. You're just suspicious of her straight away because I it's like you right. can turn it on. I think, you I think can turn maybe it on. that's my problem. I can't warn yeah. her because I think she's acting. You're spot on yeah. there. Because maybe maybe she's not acting, but it does make you suspicious. It's like, well, if she can turn it on in Suits, she can turn it on in her Netflix documentary. And it's her kind of careful, measured way of speaking. You could turn anything into a kind of vendetta against Megan. But the thing... Yeah, but Laura, she was was mocking the curtsy, was it? Yeah. Like... She's not doing herself any favours, Neil. Like, I tell you now, my mother's allergic to her, right? And I was thinking about that this morning as well myself, because my mother... Worked and lived in in London for a lot of her life, and and loved the loved the royal family. And I, I was thinking this morning, how would my mam have felt about this? And I think she'd be very angry with them. Yeah, I think possibly. So I often think as well, what would Lady Diana think? And I think Lady Diana would be pleased that Harry is protecting his wife and speaking out for her. But you'd wonder, like, would she be like, yeah, but she's a bit of a dose. <laughs> a bit of a dose, yeah. And like the the talk about unco- they talk about unconscious bias. What does that even mean? The, the, that's in episode three. They were talking about an unconscious bias. You haven't seen that. Of, I have seen that. Bit, oh, you have. It's um, it was an unconscious bias about um, about racism. Um, within yeah. the institution and and, and everything, and uh, I think Harry's quote was um, the, the thing with unconscious bias. It's no, it's actually no one's fault. But once it has been pointed out or identified within yourself, then you need to make is it that right. A, is that a, will they will they reference the fact that somebody in the royal household asked them? When the baby is born, what colour will its skin be? That, when it, that, is that unconscious bias? Uh, I that's racist. I mean, that, I don't I know if that's, that's unconscious because yeah. you, you say. I think it's a bit like the it's a bit like the woman who lost her job last week because there was that issue and the yeah. Well, the the, unco- the example of unconscious bias that, that was given in the show last night was Princess Michael of Kent um, wore a Blackamoor style brooch to an event, which is very much considered a piece of racist jewelry, but. <laughs> but what? given her the benefit of the doubt she didn't know that that, that was the example what? they gave she can't go outside your front door if that's unconscious bias <laughs> so I know I, it's, yeah. the whole institution is chaotic though you know I think this is probably the beginning of the end in a way and Harry has to kind of be the fall guy for the kind of is that what he's trying to do Laura trying to bring down the monarchy is it I think it's just dawned on him that he's in a family, as he said himself, that like it, he didn't be kind of come aware of being part of a royal family until kind of in his, you know, like eight, nine, ten, and then it's suddenly now that he's realising, God, this is crazy. In this day and age, we need to kind of modernise or whatever. And I think maybe she is pointing out to him, she who's had a normal-ish life and now suddenly was under all these restrictions or whatever. She's probably saying to him, Harry, this is mad, and like that's never going to sit well. You know, the woman coming in and breaking up the family. That's never going to suit anyone it's not going to do her any favours but I think at the end of it all they are they do love each other does it matter that we don't like her does it matter that he I don't, like just let them love each other but if they go away but they keep putting themselves back in the public eye that's the problem and I is think. this just motivated by a hundred million dollar paycheck then well, I mean, do they need it? Do they need the publicity? Do they need the money? No, I hope it's all going to charity. I doubt that it is. You just don't know. I just don't understand why, like, if you genuinely wanted peace, then, you know, go live on your ranch and you'll have loads of peace. Yeah. Get away uh, from Netflix. I, I kind you know? of do understand, though, to an extent, I'd throw this out to all of you, um, why he might have issues because... Uh, episode 1 talks about the fact that uh, his mother of course died in a car crash in Paris being chased by paparazzi now GB GB News last night came out and said that ain't so his mother was killed by a drunk driver who was driving her car 
So you see the divisiveness mm-hmm. within the media there alone. But but like his mother did die under circumstances where she was constantly being chased by the media, and and it's happening to him and to her and to their children. So yeah, you know. And did you see? You see that he might, he might say. He might say. Well, I was never born for this. Like. Yeah, and in that first episode, there is a clip of Diana uh, when they were on a skiing trip Sorry. going up to one of the paparazzi no, and the cameraman and saying, please just leave us alone. And like that really did, like, you know, they do want to protect their kids and all of that. They are part of this family, but like he is trying to undo the wrong of what happened to Lady Diana in a way that's certainly the angle in the documentary. Yeah, what's that's the, the publish reaction in the UK? Well, it's, it's like I said, the, you don't expect any sympathy from the newspapers because, I mean, the, the Daily Mail, I think you referenced it earlier, um, with the picture of Meghan with the towel on her she head. She looked like, like Hilda Ogden in Yeah, so that, that was on the mail and the headline, Palace Anger. So they intentionally would find the most unglamorous photograph of her. It did definitely yeah. do. And so they, they even picked a picture of Harry on a Zoom call where he looks a bit like, a bit goofy. You know, they've they definitely selected those pictures. So they, 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 they continue to stoke it and wind them up. Yeah. Although yeah. I have to say as well, chaos within the British royal family is is nothing new. I mean, it's <laughs> you, you go back. If anyone who's watched The Crown will know, going back to abdications in the fifties and I don't know the divorces in nineteen ninety two. I think it's just. We're, we're, but do people love it? Like, is it car crash or, or what is it? Do people love watching these? I, I love the it? drama. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The Telegraph called uh, called it Harry, Meghan, and the Half Truth Prince. Oh dear. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate a good headline, but still. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, when are you going to watch the rest of them and uh, um, the other three to come next week? Oh, I'm going to go straight home from Bandon now, Neil, and turn the telly on in between collecting the children, and I'm going to catch up. All right, girl. Good show this morning. Have a great weekend. Happy, happy Friday. Yes. Happy Friday, Neil. I'll loop back to you there on Monday. Loop back to me, yeah. Loop back to me. I love it. Uh, and while you're at it, reach out to him as well, will you? Big time. I'll Big reach time out. And That's another one that wrecks my head. Circle, circle back. back. Cheers, Laura. Take care. It's coming home, man. It's coming home. Yeah, we just need a bit of blue sky thinking, and we'll uh, we'll have the trophy in the cabinet. You figure? <laughs> oh, do you know what? France are just scary ah! so I'd rather not think about it <laughs> everything will stop then tomorrow right the pubs will be full it will be yeah yeah. everybody will be just sitting there praying praying yeah, yeah. I'll be doing the same sat, sat there watching the TV yeah who would they if they beat France who do they meet Oh, it's, 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 Por- it's Portugal or Morocco so let's you've got to say Portugal so let's say England I think that's right anyway. Portugal and then the next, would, would they end up in the final against... Oh, it would be Brazil or Argentina, Argentina or on the Brazil. other side. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to see Argentina win for Messi, though. No. <laughs> All right. All right, my man. Happy weekend. <laughs> John, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Okay, did you watch it? You must be joking. I mean, uh, I'd rather go up to Woody's and buy a, a couple of pots of paint and put them under the wall and sit in the chair. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you were going to say buy a nail gun and nail my fingers how, how, to the wall. How any person that could, could call themselves an Irish Republican could sit through that heap of rubbish? Ah, well, in my defence now, the only reason I watched an episode of it was I knew I'd be talking about it this morning. It wasn't by choice, I can tell you. Well, I'll be honest with you, I, I can't understand like, I mean, why people would look at because And look, you referenced there this picture now of uh, your one with the toll on her head, Meghan Markle, right? Yeah. She's a trained actress, like has been said, like, I mean, 
she knew damn well that that would surface that picture, right? And she deliberately appeared with the towel on her head, like many women do when they wash their hair and all that, with no makeup on, by the way. Look at me. I'm just like everybody else. Well, she's not. You're not like everyone else, Meghan Markle. You've got 100 million already behind you. You still have the title, the royal title, and so has he, right? They're on the front to what's happening at the moment to the British people. If you watch Sky News or any of the English channels and you see single mothers there living in tall box and flats and council houses and people in between as well, and they'll hardly have enough heat and uh, heat their, their flats. Yeah, they, their you, you're 100% right, but even those yeah. people probably watched it for a bit of escapism maybe, but it, it's, no, certainly, no, it's oh, the height yeah. of hypocrisy for sure. It is, because that country is on this third Prime Minister in a very short space of time. That country is in disarray at the moment. People can't buy food, they can't pay their rent, they can't feed themselves, and you have these parasites coming on then, and this fascination with these parasites. She knew what she was getting into from day one. If he really had any cop on at all after what happened to his mother, Neil Rice, he would have never brought her into it in the first place. He would have walked away from the royal family straight away when he got married. But still, he's living on the back of it. He's holding on to the title... The best thing they could do now for the whole lot of them, you can see now there was respect there for Queen Elizabeth and she was there because she was there so long. Now every time your man appears in public, Charles, who will be crowned uh, very shortly, is being battered with eggs, yeah. right? So the Not respect every time, is gone. Just the one it's time thing. to bring in the wrecking ball and demolish Buckingham Palace, flatten it to the ground, bring in the bulldozers, just uh, 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 knock the place to the ground and put these people into retirement like you would a bloody decommissioned missionary assassin or greyhound and get rid of them we're sick of it and as an Irish Republican I don't want even to know about it alright my man have a good weekend text 0868104106 particularly if you watched it yourself we got calls texts and comments after the break text the Neil Prenderville show now 0868104106 Red FM uh, somebody says by text Megan knew what she was onto and she knew she was onto a good thing when she came across Harry of course she saw him as the dopey one uh, by a long shot and decided that a lot of money could be made um, and she's a greedy, greedy woman. So there's one text uh, who wouldn't be a Meghan Markle supporter. Text 0868 Free Food Friday today. I'll give you some details of that in a few minutes' time. But I just want to do this now for fear I run out of time later on. Lovely story, real good news story from Crosshaven last night when the Cork Coast Guard were called. Apparently, there was a beached dolphin that got stranded the tide went out, I guess it was mucky in and around the Crosshaven Pier area and got caught there. Now, when he's not in uniform inside at Cork Fire Brigade HQ, Victor Shine is also the head of the Coast Guard in Crosshaven and joins me by phone. Victor, good morning. Good morning, Ian. How are well, you? Well, now, that would have been a very, very cold night for the Coast Guard to be called out to the aid of the Dolphin. What happened? We got notification at around 10 o'clock from um, a member of the public saying that there was a dolphin stranded in what we lovingly call the slob in Crosshaven. That's behind Phipps and Chips, approximately 50 metres from the shore. Um, we responded down. We were actually down a training session that evening. Uh, responded down at approximately 10 o'clock and uh, identified the dolphin being stuck in the mud. Uh, put a plan together, uh, coordinated by Valencia Coast Guard, and using rescue sleds and uh, inflatable pathways, uh, Crosshaven crew uh, made their way out to the dolphin, successfully got the dolphin onto one of our rescue sleds, and brought it back over to the pier in Crosshaven. Um, again, brought the dolphin around because the dolphin had been in a, a lot of stress at the time, and um, made a successful uh, recovery there and swam out to sea. 
swam out into deeper day. water, into her, his or her natural habitat, and off you went. And headed for Dingle. Right. I was just going to say, you stole the words out of my mouth. You should have sold the dolphin to Dingle. But was male or female dolphin, or do we know? Did you give the dolphin a name? No, we didn't. But one of your members of the public might be able to, or one of your listeners could come up with a good name. Call, call him Crosser. Maybe Crosser or something. Crosser the dolphin. Um, Crosser the dolphin. Um, what, 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 did, did you say that it was, it was under stress. Is that because it needs water to breathe? Or, or what's the story there? No. Yes, obviously it's an air-breathing mammal, so um, it was in the mud, so it was being hydrated, or skin was being hydrated, so it, it did need a quick response to actually save the dolphin's life, and um, the Crosshaven crew put a plan together very quickly, and uh, successfully got in. In fairness, once the crew got there, the dolphin relaxed totally, and um, a considerable distance had to be travelled across the mud um, using our equipment, and How did you get out to it then? You can't. You can get a boat out to it. Like we had inflatable walkways, uh, which we used during the triathlon. Somewhere that would be involved in the cross-eyed triathlon would be very familiar with it. They'd uh, climb on top of that and then onto the normal slipway or the pontoon in Crosshaven. So we used that and um, a smaller sled as well. So it had to be done in stages. So obviously the mud was very soft. Yeah. So. Yeah. What would it, what would have happened if that dolphin crosser the dolphin hadn't been spotted? overnight by the member of the public and people woke up would the dolphin have died overnight? I think the dolphin would have died very shortly after or if we didn't get there in the time the manner that we did the dolphin would have certainly have incredible result isn't it? it? It was going downhill rapidly so. Oh my god oh my god that's so incredible and, and, you, and you say that you guys would be doing training exercises in weathering conditions like last night That's correct every Wednesday night we uh, have a training exercise where there's both Boating training, search training, medical training, and so on. So um, we do various uh, taskings and skill uh, sessions below. And um, just yeah. once we've got the call, we're able to respond with a, with a full crew and carry out the rescue. All right, it must be a great sense of achievement and satisfaction when you do something like that, is it, Victor? Oh, the team got an amazing sense of uh, joy, I, could, I suppose, and fulfillment from rescuing a dolphin because... We were just saying that could have been a member of the public, a human, a child or whatever out in the mud. So it put our skills together. So if we did have to do it again, obviously we got a, a successful plan and we would be able to utilise it again. Fair play to you, boy. Fair play to all concerned. Thanks for taking the call. Mind oh, yourself, Victor Shine, head of the Coast Guard in Crosshaven and to all of the Coast Guard and all those involved in the rescue of that dolphin yesterday. Well done. A job well done. Now you can text 0868104106 for free food Friday with Roosters Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. What will you get? Well, this food will feed at least 15 of you, possibly up to 20, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters. And I'll start the shout outs at about a quarter past 10 this morning. We have chicken wings, chicken skewers and beef skewers to start. And then the main events include the chicken wraps, the chicken pittas, beef burgers and all of that basted in the famous Perry Perry sauce. We've got the Perry salted fries, rice and waffle fries for sides, all of the um, portions of mayo and garlic mayo and then you build your own cheesecake with lots of different toppings. So 15 to 20 of you, but you got to tell us where you are and who you are. So text 86 8104106 pick up the phone and, no actually don't pick up the phone, just text, text 86 8104106 we'll do the shout outs just after 10 this morning, but back to the phone lines. Jordan, good morning. Hey Neil, how are you? I'm good. Now, I mentioned in the papers this morning that uh, the FAI have been fined 20 grand for the girls singing Ooh Ah Up The Ra. Your thoughts? Oh my God, absolutely shocking. Absolutely shocking. Um, I, I texted in and I was saying, 
something along the lines that I reckon the cameraman and who shared it should be caught for that 20 grand. Was, actually, the I have to say, it was just one of the girls, the Miss Fortune filmed the celebrations at the oh. time and uh, and shared it on social media and it got picked up then. This is, this oh. is actually, this is a bit of the audio. So that was it. Um, right. Yeah. You wouldn't be suggesting that that poor girl who... No, not at all. Not at all. Do, you, do you know, in fairness, they shouldn't be charged at 20 grand at all. There should be no charge. Do you know, people record stuff all the time and get away with sharing it. Do you know, as said for the Leo Varadkar. Yeah, but, I, know, you know? I know about Varadkar, but just be be careful enough about... I have texts and emails oh, no. on it, but I don't want to go into the description of no, what he no, was no. doing. But people record things all the time and share it. That's the world we're in today, you know? People shouldn't be ch- ch- charged 20 grand for singing singing a victory song. Yeah. Did, and, and, did, and, and, th- and this comes from a, a born Englishman living here for 30 years. I have had no offence of the girl's victory, you know? Yeah. I wonder, were the complaints made, though, in the sense that did... did, did Somebody in Scotland make a complaint? Uh, did somebody in Northern Ireland make a complaint? And then UEFA had to react to the complaint? Well, you know, I, I'm not that high on the category, so I don't know who made the complaint, but come here, lads. People have been singing songs from all different nationalities supporting their own nationality, and they've never been charged 20 grand. For well, that's a, the fee. That's the thing. fine. Uh, 20 grand. Um, uh, in, in other news, of course, um, as uh, a UK-born Irish resident, uh, did you watch the Meghan and Harry doc on Netflix? Do you know, I, I put on Netflix there last night, and I seen it was advertised, and I ended up watching Wednesday instead. <laughs> <laughs> what about the match tomorrow night? Uh, absolutely, absolutely be glued to the TV before I go to work tomorrow night, late, late at night. All you right, know? well, best of luck to the English team then, all right? Here, sure, look, you know, I, I'll, I'll follow the Irish everywhere I go. This is where I was bred. If this Ireland were playing England in a World Cup, say, quarter-final or semi-final or something like that, who would you be supporting? Silly question, Neil. I'd be painted in green and I'd be, I'd be shouting the rah. Absolutely, absolutely. I was born England, but I was bred Ireland by. <laughs> All right, kid, look after yourself. Thanks All for right, that. All right, kid, Merry Christmas. Thank you. You too, take care. Did you want to just well, clarify something? Yeah, I think, like, the, the the issue with, like, whatever about UEFA fining Ireland 20 grand, I mean, what I saw yesterday was that Sevilla um, have been fined by UEFA for racist behaviour towards a Manchester City defender, a teenager, uh, Rico Lewis, and they got fined €5,000. So that's where for what? for, for what racist chanting towards a Manchester City player from by some of their supporters. So why would they? That's dreadful. Like it's shocking. I mean, and this is why, and as, as this comes from a person who loves football, UEFA's kind of inconsistency in terms of you know they will kind of hand ring by punishing something like the up the ra thing, which you could argue if you want or not is a kind of a, whether it is even to do with politics it's because not. it was a song it was it's a song not. but it was a Celtic song yeah. um, and then when there actually is a, an issue of racist behaviour the fine is only five grand for Seville against oh, against man. Manchester City players and that's kind of this 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 has been an ongoing thing from UEFA that they just won't clamp down on racism they did don't. somebody complain 
somebody must. I uh, I think there was a complaint put in by the um, by the Scottish. There was a, there was a complaint put in by some Scottish members of Parliament. That's it, what it was. And then the Scottish police ended up in the investigation because it took place. I think it was the Metropolitan oh, Police. Say, the world's it, gone mad. But it's just it's what really annoys me is when you see all the things that are wrong with football at the moment, the blatant cronyism, and we see the World Cup in Qatar, and then you see something like racism, which is a very serious issue. It gets a five grand, fine. and it gets a quarter of what the girls are fine by singing up there. Yeah, well said. Thanks for that. Uh, some text on that. Brian said we should be getting the British media learning their own history before getting offended by a song that has absolutely nothing to do with the IRA. Joy says scandalous that the team were fined 20 grand. What is happening to people? Offended by a song? Winning teams singing in a changing room? It's not like they were shouting in people's faces being rude or entitled. They worked hard for that. They've done better than the Irish men's team. Rashida said, ridiculous, ridiculous. And the World Cup being held in a country that doesn't have respect for human rights. Uh, FAI are traitors for even apologising for it. The girls did nothing wrong, says Leslie. My daughter has an FAI medal. I was once proud she won, but if this is how they represent them, I'm disappointed and disgusted. Silencing our women's victories, silencing our women's voices. Every time my daughter or her teammates score a goal, win a match, I want to express their joy. They work so hard for so freely. And there is no better way to express joy than sing songs from our heritage. How am I doing time-wise? Just one more. It's a disgrace they were fined. All the talk has been about this song that was sung rather than the women's brilliant achievement in qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, Celtic Symphony is a song about uh, Celtic's 100th anniversary. Uh, written in 1987 for the 100th anniversary. When the Limerick Hurlers sang Sean South from Gary Owen after winning the All-Ireland in 2022, or when the Leinster rugby team sang Celtic Symphony on a flight back home from Glasgow, what was the reaction to both? Nothing. What's worse is the silence on this issue. And for that lady to be humiliated and pressurised into an apology on Sky was truly horrible to watch. Didn't Fine Gael hire the Wolf Tones for their Christmas party in 2002, says Peter. Did they? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> Text 0868104106. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Text The Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I got a text with a, a little attachment to it saying, It's Baltic, bye. It's Baltic. Minus six. Going through Kilorglan. Left Cork at seven this morning. Minus six. See what I mean? Some places it'll be slower to climb. And text 0868-104-106. Pick up the phone on 0818-104-106. And I just want to take some time now to delve back in to our emails. And our paddy box hampers that we're sending these boxes of Irish goodness around the globe. This is your last day to email. This is your last day to email neil at redfm.ie for a loved one overseas to receive one of our customized hampers of Irish goodies from thepaddybox.com. You can also go online to thepaddybox.com and order up your own hamper to send overseas. You still have a week or so to get that sorted if you want to buy one yourself for a loved one. If you're listening to me overseas, and many do, you can also enter today being the last day. Tell us who you are and where you are. Neil at redfm.ie And so, greetings from the Netherlands. Although we never 
never met, I feel I know you well, as my girlfriend Tracy Taylor talks about you and your show so much, another man might be jealous. She listens to your broadcast every day to keep connected with all things from home. It really means so much when you're living away. Tracy's from Bantry in West Cork, but for the last 13 years, she and I have been living together in Maastricht. Uh, no Christmas visits to the Isle for us this year, sadly. This is Dave Van Voorten, uh, her partner. We got to see people in March, but this time of the year makes us miss the Irish clan that little bit more. I know Tracy would be delighted if she received one of your paddy box hampers. Dibs for me on the tato, though. I'm cashing in the brownie points if I get this. Thanks a million. Wishing you and all a Merry Christmas and a shout out to the gang in West Cork. Uh, I'd like to nominate my son Ronan for a paddy box. Ronan is my youngest, started working in London after graduating from UCC and left us in June 2021. I know it's only across the road compared to him going to America or Australia, but I'll never forget the week he was leaving. I just couldn't stop crying. Our dog Cassie, 14 years, died around the same time too, so it was tears for her. And I suppose, you know, the empty nest syndrome was setting in. Anyway, Ronan loves all things Irish, especially Cork. He loves to hear all the news from home, especially the sport. And if there's anything big on, he says, what was Neil saying about it, ma'am? Even though he has plenty of friends, two great flatmates, Laura and Sam, and he loves his job, but he misses home terribly. He makes sure that he has Barry's tea bags, the Cadbury's chocolate, and the Tato's in his bag when he goes back after a weekend home. And when he's home, it's all about the Clonakilty black pudding, the rashers and the sausages, and the must-have Mammy's roast dinner. That's a lovely email. I would love to surprise him if you got one of your paddy box hampers. After all, as my dad used to say, mull on oiga. Praise the young and they'll flourish. And that's a lovely email from Carmel DC about her son Ronan in the UK. I'm writing for my brother Rory who's in Melbourne for the past 13 years. I've been lucky in the past because I won flights home for Rory back in 2014 to fly home for a Christmas competition. Wow, that must have been a great prize to win. Uh, I wanted to introduce him to my new baby girl, Aoife, who's eight now. We've also added Rua and Clara since. Rory welcomed a baby last October, Ellie, and we can't meet and wait to meet them. Uh, he was planning a trip home this Christmas as he and his fiance were celebrating big birthdays. However, he surprised us all by booking his wedding for next June in Spain. So we won't be seeing him this Christmas, but we would love if you sent him a, tre- a treat. So that's Rory, who's in Melbourne, and his sister, uh, Trisha, got in touch with me. Uh, and this is an extraordinary one. Uh, Diana got in touch to say, could I nominate my brother Daniel for a hamper for this Christmas? He's been living in Brisbane, Australia, for a number of years. He was home in March 2020 for my son's confirmation, but he had to cut his holiday short by a week and leave suddenly because of the COVID lockdown. You see, he was afraid that Australia would close their borders and he wouldn't be allowed to go back in. So he never got to say a proper goodbye. Can I tell you that he owes his life to Dr. Jason and the West Cork Rapid Response, who saved his life following a terrible accident in 2009 when he was crushed under a tractor and he was critically injured. He's now happily engaged to a lady named Kira and they're due to get married in New Zealand next summer. Unfortunately, it's too far for us to travel, so we won't be there. His father-in-law, Kevin, is an Irishman from Belfast who bravely made the journey home to Belfast in April all by himself. He hadn't been home in a long time. We keep in touch with Daniel by phone and WhatsApp messages, and he tells us all his close calls with snakes, giant spiders, and kangaroos 
in Australia. He's an incredible hard worker. He's never lost his Cork accent. It's very hard for, the, for us to have a family so far away on the other side of the world. It would be great if you could treat Daniel, Kira, and Kevin to a hamper of treats from home. Um, please God he'll touch the green grass of home again very soon it's a lovely email on behalf of uh, Daniel through his ma'am Diana Collin and thank you for that Uh, and there's one here just to finish up with because it's funny I was just falling into a deep sleep after doing the night shift when my brother Connor and my other brother Evan called me from San Francisco two McCarthy boys and asked me to ask you to send them a paddy box now I've done my part I'm going back to bed I listened to the podcast tonight. Go on. Thanks in advance. Make their Christmas, says Donna McCarthy. Two brothers in America got in touch. Enter our names in the competition for a paddy box. And they're out in San Francisco. So we'll do some more of those, hopefully between now and midday today. Today's the last day to email neil at redfm.ie. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Charlie and Jar, just give me two minutes. I'll come to the phone lines in a second. But I'd love to get this one sorted and get it, as they say, across the line. That's another term that I absolutely detest. And it's a lovely email that came in from Mary. Now, Mary, we're going to make a call on your behalf, right? We're going to make a call on your behalf. She says to me, I wonder if you might be in a position to assist me. My dog is in the dog's home in Mahan. That would be the CSPCA. My dog is in the dog's home in Mahan and it will cost me €100 Euro to get her back. She's only a pup and loves to mix with the students in UCC. She is chipped and has my phone number. However, people take her away occasionally and I paid €100 Euro recently to get her back. I'm living on my own. All I have is a state pension and I cannot afford to pay the dog's home any more of my money. They're very harsh there and they will not allow her out without money being paid to them. They're closed most of the time. I called and rang today many times and they don't answer the phone and the place is always closed and deserted. Any help, Neil, I would so be appreciative as um, I will have to leave her go otherwise, which is heartbreaking. I don't have the 100 euro. Life is hard and I suppose I'll have to live without her. She's extremely gentle, lovable, kind animal. Now, uh, very sorry to hear that and it's a typical example of how a bill or something like this just knocks you for six. You've already given 100 euro to get her back once I believe it's not your fault. Um, And anyway, it's not even about fault. You you love your little doggy. You love your little pup. Could we please call the CSPCA? Um, Can we get them on the phone? Uh, They don't don't have to come on the air or anything. And would 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 you ask them please to give Mary back her dog? And if there's a charge, I'll pay for it, the 100 euro. But I hope that they will waive the fee. She's a pensioner. um, And let her have her dog back, particularly at these difficult times. She needs the company. Um, So let's get that sorted. And and, and either way, if if it's 100 bucks in it, we'll pay the 100 bucks. But if they do the right thing, they will waive the fee and give Mary back her dog. So Mary, hang in there. And we'll see if we can get that across the line between now and mid today. I think we will. I think Vincent's a very decent guy. I think they'll understand your particular circumstances. And as the fella says, do the right thing. Talking about doing the right thing, um, the women's football team, the FAI women's football team, have been fined 20 grand by UEFA for singing Ooh, Ah, Up the Ra. George standing by. But first up, Charlie. Now, Charlie's the chairman of uh, Cork's number one Celtic Supporters Club. Charlie. Good morning, Neil. What do you, what do you, what do you, where do you guys hang out? Where do you watch matches? We're based in the Gallows Bar and have been for the last three or four years. We've always been, we're actually celebrating our 35th anniversary this June coming. Fair play. Uh, we've been okay. to stay in the hotel with Alan Thompson coming over and a good friend of mine, Andy Mills, is a, a compound the whole night. Now, um, yeah, what, do you, what, do you make, what, what, what do you make of this? 
Well, look, UEFA, FIFA, and having off our, off all of each other are just—it's just rubbish what they go on with. Like, like I remember there. Um, you say UEFA and FIFA act like the mafia. They're totally mafia. And if you look at that documentary on Netflix, it shows. Them I've watched two of the three episodes. I can't wait. Can't wait to watch the third. Oh yeah, it's, it's very, very good, especially when they appoint this uh, solicitor fellow. It's hilarious. Uh, he, he he comes in and they said he was going to clean it all up. And he was very generous. He walked in the door and demanded 15 million, but they eventually gave him 10. But what about the 20 grand for singing um, the Wolf Tone song? Is that not a bit over the top? It's totally and utterly over the top. It's, 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 not, it's, it's, it's a song that was sang by the Wolf Tones about, they actually saw graffiti on a wall yeah. about Celtic, and that's where the whole song comes from. If uh, UEFA or FIFA or anybody else, for that matter, decides for a minister it's a Republican song or it's an IRA song, and they're the ones that should be fined. Um, Celtic will find uh, 16,000, in all 16,000 sterling for flying Palestine flags. UEFA turned around to him at the time and said, they're not allowed to fly the flag, blah, blah, blah. And Celtic went away and did the opposite. And the whole, uh, where the Green Brigade were, uh, the whole end of it was all Palestine flags. So they were fined 16,000 sterling. And then they started a campaign. And the campaign was uh, match the fine for Palestine. And it was basically to try and match the 16,000 fines. They displayed a Palestinian flag. And who got, who got, who got, who got, who got upset? Oh, right, okay. It had no, it had no, it had no reason to be there, like Palestine. Celtic football, yeah. Who were they playing? Celtic football. Oh, I can't remember who they were playing. It was a UEFA match, just a a group UEFA match. Uh, Hang on, they were playing an Israeli team, apparently. Yeah, but, but I I just couldn't, for me, from, from my sense, I couldn't understand how UEFA decide the Palestine flag, which is a flag of a country, you know, you see Japanese flag at Celtic Park, you see Irish tricolours at Celtic Park. In the UK, you see German flags, British flags. But how UEFA can decide that a country's flag is an offence to fly it is beyond me. You may have been yeah. deemed offensive and insulting to the uh, supporters of Hapol Beersheva, the Israeli team that were playing. Um, perhaps, I, I mean... I'm not saying that they were okay, right so to be fine. We, but so, we, so, we, so we protect an Israeli team by banning another country's flag? Uh, that was me. How you they may it? have said it was incitement. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but. Yeah, but you know, this is again, they make up the rules to suit themselves depending on who's paying them. You know, I mean, there's a lot of money coming out of Israel. You know, so. But, but, any, anyway, but anyway, go ahead. They, so they, they decided then to do a fundraiser for the fine, is it? Yeah, and, a, and it was called Match the Fine for Palestine. And so, so the fine was sixteen thousand sterling in round, and the Celtic fans raised one hundred and seventy-six thousand sterling and gave it to Palestine charities. Wow! So basically, it was basically two fingers up, if not a middle finger up, to UEFA to say you can stick your fine now where Epson goes. <laughs> so really it backfired on him because there was one hundred and seventy-six thousand raised for Palestine charities. Yeah, they really turned that one. Was there wasn't there some Palestinian issue at the World Cup? Didn't somebody um, in some interview? I can't remember the details. You didn't see that, did you? Anybody see that online? Viva Palestine. Yeah, there's been a few sort of um, statements on it um, uh, regard, regarding it because you know, I mean, it's it's just criminal what's going on out there. Like you, you, you have you have a you know a country that is bombarded with the sea that has you know walls all around it, and your option is to get out is to swim. Like it's just yeah. appalling. Yeah, well, and nobody, nobody, nobody will go up because 
the money boys are always within within you know. Uh, in the Jewish community, they've, they've run right, the well, we'll, we'll, we'll leave we'll leave that for another day. But with regards ah, to yeah, the no, with, yeah, with regards to the FAI issue, um, they they have mm. to pay it. Like the FAI can't give the the two fingers either, so they can't. They must pay the money twenty I mean, grand. Yeah, they, they have to pay it. But it doesn't stop when somebody doing a campaign for the Irish girls and turn around and sort of match the fine for oh, oh up the rare fine. And actually, do you see that girl Sinead Murta? She's the woman who. Mm. She kind of fooled the former DUP leader, the First Minister, Arlene Foster. Did you that's, see that video? Right, yeah. that's right, um, yeah. She was kind of chatting I think, with her. I thought Arlene was a fantastic singer of a walk around. I thought, I, you know, she, she was chatting with Arlene Foster, it. wasn't she? And then at the end of the that's chat, right, she yeah. just turned to the camera and said, ooh, uh, up the ra. Yeah, that's it. Well, no, actually, she, she was singing it. Was, she was singing it. She sang it. It's a TikTok thing that they're doing. That's it, that's it. Look, there's a few fellas that have been caught up by that, but you know what? So be it, you know what I mean? All right, my man. But like, if you take offense, if you take offense, then you're going to take offense, Jar, so. thanks, thanks for that, Charlie. He's with uh, the Cork uh, Celtic <laughs> Supporters Club. Jar, you were at the INEC, is it, a few weeks ago? Good, good morning, Neil. Good morning. Um, was it a Wolf calling, Tones gig? Call, I'm, I'm calling here from beautiful Rastel, and it was the Wolf Tone, it was the October weekend. Now, there was over 4,000 people at that gig. They weren't selling any more t- tickets. We, we tried for more tickets. Aren't they hugely we popular? Down. Neil, there was more young people there and I've seen them 25 years in New York and they're on the road since 1964 and they haven't changed. They played for two and a half hours non-stop and they drove the crowd mad. They sang Ooh Up The Rare twice and the place went wild, wild. So I'm just wondering, do we, will we be fine now for singing that? Will the Wolf Tones be fine? Will those 4,000 people that were there at night, will they be fined? Can we sing a song anymore? Can we sing the boys of the old brigade? Can we sing a nation once again? Where is this leading to? Well, somebody gave a very interesting text there regarding rugby um, that uh, Sean South of Gary Owen gets sung. And does anybody well, not find that offensive? I mean, it's, I it's part know, of our the history. Do, the, the rugby don't sing the national anthem, so I don't know how would they sing Sean South from Gary Owen. Well, maybe you know, you're, you're mixing them up maybe with the, the Limerick Hurlers. Maybe uh, it was the Limerick Hurlers or maybe... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't see the rugby crow singing Sean South from Gary okay, Owen. Okay, <laughs> well, okay. Maybe, it was, you know? maybe I misread the text, uh, it was, yeah. It was, it was, it was Limerick. It was the, the Limerick even crows. the fields of Athen Rye, which would be a rugby anthem, uh, talks of genocide and oppression and, and famine and... Uh, being, you know, uh, transported to uh, Tasmania and Botany Bay. They sing that song all of the time. Nobody gets worked yeah. up about that. Yeah. But, but Neil, it's a part of our history. Down here in Ruston, we have a commemoration every year for Thomas Kent, the guy that was killed so in 1916 should. down in Castle Lines. Yeah, so you And his should. brother was shot in the back by the Brits as, they, as he was leaving his house, you know. If we don't keep our traditions up, that's it. Because people out there, Neil, they don't want anything to do with tradition. They don't want to keep, they want to, nothing to do with tradition or flying the flag. All they're on about, move on, move on and forget about the past. We can't forget about the past. Yeah, okay. The past is the past. It's part of our history. You go to any other country and the past is our past, you know? So 4,000 of you so, sang it, not once, but twice at the gig in the INEC. Twice and they're on again the 28th of December and by all accounts it's very hard to get a ticket alright bye have you got one and I would I would like to thank the girls they put the wolf tones on the stage they, they made the wolf tones popular again and it's about time now we should be singing those songs and fair juice to those girls and I, I call on the FAI not to pay the bill don't, don't pay, pay the fine don't, don't pay the fine get on the people that's listening to you this morning Neil should get onto the phone and say don't pay the fine put give the 20,000 to penny dinners give it to a charity 
why should we give it to a corrupt organisation? Yeah, talking an awful lot of sense and fairness to you. Thanks, Jar. Mind yourself. Take oh. care. Morning, Neil. Uh, cold morning. Yeah, it is. You mentioned uh, twice on your show that the actions of our, ta- our Tanishta and future teacher, Tisha while out socialising, was a matter for him and him alone. I respectfully beg to differ. Firstly, what kind of an impression is he making on the citizens of Ireland? Secondly, uh, I thought he was in a relationship already. Thirdly, as a top politician, should he not cop himself on? I don't see any leaders in world politics flaunting their charms in a nightclub. It's just not classy. Another point of major importance is I thought the top politicians in this country were given additional guard of protection as they were afraid of being attacked. Politicians go into politics knowing that they can't do as ordinary citizens do, do due to the safety aspects of their job. Leo is forever getting into trouble and I have to ask myself, is he even fit to lead our country? Um, no doubt his army of admirers will be out in force to defend him. Uh, thank you for that. There's another few like that. In my opinion, oh yes, this is somebody said I should retire. In my opinion, it's not okay for a person holding high public office to conduct themselves in this way. But I believe your attempt to paper over what, in my view, was a gross display of narcissism and ego is insulting to your loyal listenership. Your commentary was truly vassal. I don't know what Mr. Varadkar um, and, uh, has with regards to his private arrangements, and I really don't want to know. However, um, is this the same Mr. Varadkar who campaigned for gay marriage rights? making a complete mockery out of the institution of marriage and the office of public office that he's entrusted to hold. I think Mr. Varadkar should resign immediately out of respect to his constituents and the office he holds for this type of public behaviour. And I think you should start looking at retiring yourself because you sound so 2008 on air. Thank you for that. I sound so 2008 on air. Appreciate that. Um, I think it's probably the first time that somebody actually told me that it's time to go. So there's a first for everything. Uh, Neil, I have to remind you, it was in a nightclub, so it is not private. If it was Mary Lou in the nightclub, it would be on everything, everywhere. You remember the bull about who paid for her house? You did a full interview on that with Shane Ross. Yes, um, thank you. Uh, I should be held to account for that. Uh, The Leo Varadkar video, whose business is it? And what about the person who recorded it and posted it for the world to see? Nobody is zoning in on these kinds of sneaky little weasels. The person of the people who post it need to be named and shamed, especially considering that they're very probably gay themselves. Therefore, they of all people should be aware of the struggle gay people have uh, getting through life without encountering horrible people like the ones who recorded it and shared it, says Noel. Uh, thank you for those. I imagine there's a proportion of people who haven't seen the video. TikTok have taken it down. I'm not going to go into the actual details of the event because at the same time as people say, okay, how, is this how we want our leaders to behave? Somebody's going to be Taoiseach next week. At the end of the day, it is a personal matter and it is consensual. Um, I know you're trying to move on past the Leo thing, but one final thought. Outside of the fact that when you are in public and in the public eye, you don't have a private life. If you do want a private life, don't go into nightclubs, especially with camera phones everywhere. My question is, while Leo was doing what he was doing, was there an armed guard detail waiting outside the nightclub, waiting for him in his chauffeur-driven car paid for by the taxpayer? 
I don't know. I would imagine yes. I would have thought that the, the Taunashta would always be driven, as the Taoiseach would be, and the Minister for Foreign Affairs and people like that, Minister of Justice, always driven uh, by chauffeur-driven armed guardy. Text 0868104106. Just going from Taunashta to Taoiseach. Vince, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How I, are you? I'm good. I think today... I'm told, anyway, that today is his last public function, Michal Martin, um, cutting the ribbon on the Macroom bypass. Um, so Yes, it is indeed. My, it's my hometown, Macroom. Uh, I grew up in a place called Kilmichael, and uh, a lot of people talk about Macroom and Macroom only, but the bypass will also help people from the surrounding areas who live nearby, Kilmichael, yeah. Kilimartra, yeah. yeah. all of those places. Um, but the point I'm making is that I watched the Sean Quinn documentary. So did I. Very good. And it was quite, it was excellent, excellently done. And if anybody hasn't watched it, they should watch it. Very good. Great, really well done. But the the rise and fall of Sean Quinn, it traces his life from leaving school at 15 to eventually becoming Ireland's richest man, the collapse of the Quinn empire, all of the violence and the intimidation and the arson uh, the fact that he spent a little bit of time in prison because of it, uh, the collapse of his empire because he backed Anglo-Irish and pumped all of his money into it and it all just dwindled away. And then the companies were taken from under him. That's pretty much a synopsis of it, isn't it? Exactly. And it, it, it's really as good as love-hate was, you know, that that uh, thing. And it, like it's really his box office to watch it. If anybody hasn't watched it, watch it over Christmas. It's on the player. But the point I'm making is that the... The one thing I got from it early on, the documentary, was there's a lot of Sean Quinns around the country. The one thing I got from, from it was here was, a, here was a man with a huge ego. Ego, yeah. yeah. And, and a really big, he was a real bully at work, you know. Uh, and it's like, get out of my way, I'm going to stand on everybody. That's a lot get- of the way it is with people who are hugely successful and make massive amount of money. They, yeah, you know, exactly. not all of them, but they are very much about them. They're always right, nobody else. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's not nice, though. I think over the years, even the, in the trade that I was in, the menswear trade, and uh, when I look back now, uh, the level of bullying that goes on in the workplace still, with back then, it was horrendous. You know, like at least now, there's, you can bring people up and, you know, to, you don't have to put up with it as much as before. But I think it's a terrible way to, to rise to the top through bullying is not a nice way. And it's all about me. And the one thing you got from the Sean Quinn thing it was all about me and my family and his daughter. Yeah, I'm not so sure make- about that, though, Vince. I mean, he gave very much to border counties and spent an awful lot um, on sport Correct. and and charities. Like they loved him in the border counties because he was so generous to the communities. Yeah. In the end, I think after the Kevin Lunny thing, they turned on him. They didn't like him as much. Naturally, Kevin Lunny was like- was kidnapped. They think by Dublin Jimmy. Uh, he got an awful bad beating. He was burnt with um, um, yeah. uh, caustic soda, I think, and uh, he's left a, an absolute wreck. I, I don't know how he is these days. Yeah, but it was ever proved that it was linked to Sean Quinn, though? No, and that was the defence of Sean yeah. Quinn all through it, that it wasn't him, he had nothing to do with it. Why would he do something like that? He even but, denied any association with it. But they clearly would have been Quinn supporters. And the question is, 
who paid the criminals to abduct Lunny and give him yeah, an unmerciful that, that torturing. Came across really like there were there. You could from watching the documentary, you'd say you know it was from their side because he was he was deeply angry about the whole thing of losing his empire naturally, but he had nobody only himself to blame because he he. He he, bet, he gambled the company away through Anglo shares. He admitted he admitted was, that though he said it was his own fault. It was it was yeah, yeah he wanted more. It was greed and more and more and more for his own family. What I'm talking about now is the progressive companies make employees directorship. They give them, they give them shareholdings in the thing. He wanted it all for the son and the daughter and the daughter. And there's an awful lot of smaller companies in Munster and all over the country that are the same. And it's all about me, me, me. And I've kicked your ass around the place for me to make money. I saw it in the menswear trade. Mm. We dealt with companies. I saw it myself. You know, the bullying in the menswear trade was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, yeah. over the years. And it, it's a very nasty thing. And he came across in that documentary as a real bully. And a big ego. Which brings me to the point. The big ego is another, another devil. Like, I'm the, like today in McCroom, you have Michal Martin. The last act, that's what the media, uh, Danny Collins, but it's Michal Martin. He's out there now cutting the ribbon at 11 o'clock. Yeah. You know, why should he be doing it? Anyway, I, I, I question that myself. Being why why shouldn't he be doing it? He's the Taoiseach of the country. He's from He's this Taoiseach county. Taoiseach of the country. I'll tell you I'm why sure the other TDs from that area will always there stand, will all be yeah. there with them in an hour's time there's, doing the same. There's two, yeah, there's two points to it. it. It's me, me, me again. Michal Martin opening the bypass, right? As in, it's look what, look what I've got. Aren't I great, is it? Yeah, exactly. And it's my last act as Taoiseach, right? First of all, anyway, who are the people that suffered most for the last 30 years? The people living in McCroom and the surrounding parishes. They couldn't even go into the town and had to wait for ages. And Did McCroom people hate all that traffic, in. is it? Because, because it's crazy, the traffic jams through McCroom. Did the people hate it because nobody stopped, right? I think they... they, they I think everybody hated the, the place McCroom because it took so long to get through it and let's call a spade a spade if you look at McCroom today like I know Henry Murphy was on and he was talking about how great it is but it's a fairly dreary town now I must say is it? You know, I, mean, I, only, I, only dri- I only drive through it I don't get to stop there yeah, but it's I just, dreary enough like, we, like know that motorists, we know that motorists want to go around it right and it's going to cost 300 million euro to go around it it's an extraordinary yeah, exactly. amount of money now the scale of this bypass is incredible don't get me wrong it's a fabulous piece of work whether it's the right time to be spending that kind of money I don't know you couldn't back out of it when everything collapsed I suppose but the people Here, of McCroom today, t- would, today, today would be an ideal day for the directly elected Lord Mayor, if we had done that in Cork, at least you'd have a directly elected person done by the people who could open the bypass. Are you saying that Micheál Martin shouldn't have been allowed or asked or insisted on... No, I'll give you an example. I know McCroom very well. And take the figure, uh, Martin Fitzgerald, the man behind, years ago, the Mountain Dew Festival, with uh, Dennis Murphy. person like him should be doing it. John Farrell from McCrew Motor Services. But uh, politicians always that. turn up. They turn up for the opening of an envelope. Yeah. You see, the, the McCrew bypass really and truly is about the people in the area. And it's about the people of McCrew. Now that after the bypass is done, spending the 300 billion, 
they're going to come along and they're going to spend about 12 million, I think. I think it's between McCroom and Bandon, but there's going to be a good chunk of money. But when it comes to reconfigurating places, the people have no say at all. You know, the boys come out, we say we're spending 400 grand there, 300 grand there. The people in McCroom and the surrounding area have no say but we'll, in how the money is spent but, or what they should spend it on. Okay, what what are McCroom people called? Are they McCrumpians or Macronians or Macroomians? Well, when I was growing up in Kilmichael, we used to call them, uh, when I went to school in De La Salle, McCroom, and there was a huge difference between people living outside McCroom or in McCroom. So the people in the country called them townies. 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 They're not Macroomians, no? Macroomians or Macrumpians. he's He's only a townie. But will their life be a lot more peaceful now? I mean, where if anybody goes to McCroom, they'll be going to shop, not to drive through it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it needs a lot of, it, it needs a lot of new shops. Like, like Henry Murphy is saying there the other day that if everyone spent 50 euro in the town and all that, but like, that's fine. Like, that's the old way of thinking again. He's only thinking about his own pocket, his own business. Like, when you're redeveloping McCroom and redoing the Lee Valley, you must think of everybody, old, young. It must be for the people. It's not just about business. Like, we went through all that with the tiger and the crash. If you want to redevelop the Lee Valley and McCroom, yeah. it's about people okay. and the people who live in it. Well, we saw you know? a lot. We saw in the Quinn documentaries how crazy the Celtic tiger and the crash actually was, right? Where, you know, he, I, I mean, one stage, Quinn, at one yeah. stage, Quinn's daughter bought um, a 100,000 euro wedding cake that was delivered disgusting. by special delivery from New York. Now, you could say it's their own money, you know. Disgusting. I'll give you an example. I was talking to a guy the other day and I said, where well, you are... What a $24 million dollar private jet as well. Yeah, yeah. I said, where you are, where you out any day? And he said, I was. You know where I went? I went back to Creedence Hotel and in Chigila. And the, the grandson of Johnny Creedence now is running it. And he said, the place is fantastic. It is. The food's great there. The food's terrific. And yeah. he said... He said, he said uh, you know one thing about the place? People talk to each other inside there. It's an interesting point, isn't it? That yeah. people, actually, people actually talk to each other. They're not stuck like, in phones. I, I go through McCroom an awful lot, and you could go into a lot of shops in McCroom, they wouldn't even say hello to you. Why are you so bitter about somewhere that was so close to your heart when you were young? No, no, but I, I don't like... I don't like. You said it's I, dreary, I like the people it. don't talk to you. They're, yeah, they're too business-centric. Well, that's true of a lot of places. If you Like, I worked in retail, and you go into a lot of shops in the city, and they don't... I, I keep saying to people, they don't, need, they don't know how to greet a customer. But the one thing I always did was, if they ever... If they never spend anything, say good morning to the customer. But greet them the first. You just greet them first. Greet them first. But it's not done. You take a place like Fitzgerald's Menswear. They do it. But there's very few others who do it. Very few. Right. I've, gone into, I've gone into about four or five. When I go to Kerry a lot, I always stop in McCroom. Uh, and I, there are some shops, Dan Toomey's, fantastic old draper shop. They always say hello. But we must go back to that. Being kind, being nice. Like as the man said going into Credence Hotel, talk to each other. We don't need to go back to that Celtic Tiger crap of people spending a hundred grand on this and doing this and doing that. On a wedding cape, yeah. Uh, like, the, yeah. the, the, the few... Ah, it was mental. Future. It was absolutely mental. I mean, remember oh, when people was, could have taken it, a domestic like, flight or got on the train to come from Cork to yeah. Dublin. They didn't. They chartered a chopper instead. It was nuts. 
I was working in Madden Point at the time, uh, and we had guys every single weekend coming in, 400 quid, short, denim, a jumper, top, uh, Tommy Hilfiger. Where you after? I'm going to Mallorca for the weekend. These were all working guys. They work in the buildings. That was the, like a lot of younger people wouldn't understand the attitude of the of people. I remember the Celtic Tiger. A lot of people of 18, 19, 20, they wouldn't remember it. No, but no. I'll tell you one thing. It was one of the most appalling periods and one of the worst things that ever, ever happened to Ireland. All right. but imagine, imagine the guy that said to me, you know, in Creedence Hotel, go back to it. They talk to each other. Imagine a person, like I judge human behaviour a lot daily, how people react, how people, you know, when they're having coffee, how people talk. But I think, I look back on 2022, I think, I don't know about you, but I, I think we live in an appalling society now where people are just interested in material things and nothing else. And this thing about community and people, they don't give a damn. Like how many people today would ring up an elderly neighbour and say, do you need milk? Do you need a bit of shopping? And I should, they'd say he can get it online or she can get it online. Well, We've you lost- can, but at the same time, you need to be checking in on people, particularly yeah, in this kind of weather. it's nice yeah. to be checking in on people. I wouldn't like the society we live in today. All right, but like, go back to me. Just going back to Michal Martin, like I criticised Michal Martin at the start of his, his tenure back along on the radio with you. But I must say, given the couple of years and two and a half years that he has done, I take back a lot of what I said. I think he did a reasonably good job. I'm, in, I'm not. And why don't you want him to open the bypass this morning? That's a contradiction. I, I would much prefer. But like, if you look at it, really, and we went for the directly elected Lord. No, no, I know that, but I, I, I don't I have much more time. But it's a straightforward question. If he did a good job yeah, in the last who, two and a half years, would, why can't he open would the bypass? You, the question is, in Cork City and County, and it's a good question for the public. Who would you get to open it? In in uh, who would you get to open the bypassing in uh, in Macroom, uh, if you wanted somebody in Cork City and County? And it, I think it would be very difficult to elect directly a lot. Uh, I can't think of anybody offhand that I would say I cast my vote for them. You know. Yeah. Okay. You know? All right. Okay. But, um, the one right. last thing. It, one last thing just before Christmas uh, is that I would advise any of the companies having parties and all that that this thing of free drink at Christmas parties, as you know, my past relationship with drink is yeah. appalling, uh, is it's not a good place to be, it's not a good thing for a company to be doing, giving free drinks to staff and all that. And all I'm saying is that the people, like... Oh, listen, if something it, happens on the clock while the company is paying for the drink, anything yeah. that happens on the clock while the company is paying for the drink, it's the company yeah. that will be held responsible and sued. Yeah. Yeah, but the jury, it was another thing, relic of the Celtic Tiger, oh, it's free bar, free this, free that. Like, it's, this is my 10th Christmas off the drink. 10 years this year. And I, always at Christmas, I always think of the people that are in rehab and the people that are trying to get off drugs and drink because Christmas is a particularly difficult time and I always think of the people and I think I'd ask families like people that are in rehab and trying to get off drink it's do you know what it's all about just calling around having a cup of tea having a chat being there for them all right. you know yeah. because I think it's a I think what I've done is a great thing and I, I I'm celebrating 10 years off it uh, this Christmas and I'd advise if you're having a drink 
just take it easy. Yeah, right. yeah. Thanks, nice Neil. One. Look after yourself, but don't talk to you this side of Christmas. Happy Christmas. Cheers, as Thank always, uh, Vince. Uh, free Food Friday shout outs, Curtis for Selves, and Free Food Friday will be delivered to 15, well, 15 or 20 of you. There's feeding in it for 15 or 20. Courtesy for Selves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas, and Blackpool Retail Park. First shout outs for ECI, JCB, and Carrick Tool. Have a great weekend, guys. Absolute Property Group would love to win today, and they're starving. Marymount Hospice would love some Free Food Friday on this cold and icy morning. I've just finished a night's work and would love to nominate my hard-working colleagues who are just starting their shift at St. Anne's Ward in Marymount. To everybody at Lara National School, exhausted after the Christmas play practice. Uh, break a leg in the real in the real McCoy. The endoscopy ward in the matter private. Morning to Antone. To everybody at EBO Home Rescue at the Marina Commercial Park. Um, happy Friday, Neil. Just looping in with you as previously discussed. <laughs> previously discussed all those awful terms big shout out to everybody at EBO and thank you for the funny text to uh, to uh, everybody at McLaren's Loss Adjusters and Ballycarine House in Frankfield GRP Roofing Supplies in Tremore Road Kerry Pike has uh, Corgan's Garage and they're listening Citygate Specialist Dental Clinic to the Jack and Jill Foundation hi Caroline and uh, they want to say hi to all of the staff at Dunstores Caroline working non-stop for Christmas it will be a great treat for them Easy Living Interiors in Little Island and DPD Depot 26 we're working since five this morning in the freezing cold so keep those shout outs coming we'll do another bunch of them in about 20 minutes time text who you are and where you are to 0868104106 Paula good morning can you hear me alright Paula morning Nate. no I didn't get to yesterday because I ran out of time is there still yeah. a gas leak in the in the apartment yeah And you can you smell it no, they turned off in the main. Okay. The so emergency this... gas came out and they turned off in the main. Okay, all right. But how so long had I... you been smelling gas in it? Uh, over two years. All right. And you're in Dominic Street, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Um, you're a council tenant. Mm-hmm. Okay. So those that came, the emergency people that came to switch off the gas, told you you needed to get onto the council to sort out the leak. Yes. Okay. What happened when you did that? I got on from when they left straight away and the lady took down my details and said we send someone else yes, tomorrow and that was Thursday. Thursday came no sign. I rang again and they said oh yeah we have it on file and that was it. So it's gone from somebody calling out yeah. immediately to we yeah. have it on file. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so that sounds as if it's gone down the list of priority and not up the list of priority. So how are you doing now for heat and cooking? Well, I have a coal fire, so I ordered three bags of coal yesterday. I bought two electric blankets for myself and my son, and then my neighbour up the road gave me two ring uh, electric cooker. So you bought three bags of coal. Now, coal, the big bags would be 40 or 50 30, euro. 38 euros each. You'll go through those in no time, though. Well, I will now. Two electric blankets so, for the yeah. reds. Yeah. But no heat in the house proper? No, right. no. Uh, what, what, what's it been like at night and overnight? Very cold? It's absolutely freezing. Baltic. All right. And are there other pa- apartments left and right? There's and one lady about? underneath me. Is she the same? Well, she actually rang the, the gas last year because she had it. And they came to her, so they knocked up mine. And I said, yeah, I'm getting all the time as well. I said, but... And he came in and said, check, he said, no, there's nothing. But does it smell of gas for the last year? Yeah, if not too. 
It's only when people come in, they say, oh, there's no smell of gas in your house. And I say, I'm sorry, check, there's not wrong. Yeah, but, this man, but there would be something wrong if there's... There, no, there would, you've turned everything off and there's still a smell of gas. Like, you could strike a match or a light or light the fire and it could go boom. No, that was when it was on. But yeah. now it's completely turned off. Of course it's turned off because the emergency... It was the fire brigade yeah. came, was it? No, it was actually some, some electric gas came out. And, and turned he checked it my boiler and he said, that was fine. He pulled out my cooker and that's when he found it from the mains coming into my cooker is leaking. So he said, it's the mains. The leak is somewhere in your mains. So he couldn't touch it. He just said, I have sorry, I have turned off. So I would have thought you would be a priority to city council to get that sorted. Well, I don't know. Just go show. No. Yeah. Well, here we go again. Then asking them to do, asking them to do something. They're your landlords, and them not doing it immediately. And then we have to get somebody who's a plumber or somebody working in the gas industry and go and do the work for them. Yeah. Well, the gas is coming, so they can't touch it. No. I don't mind if I say myself. It's not that I'm looking for anything off anyone. It's just that I can't bring in a private person. Fix it. Why? Because if anything goes wrong, they say, "Why didn't you go to the council?" Oh, you're kind so, of ca- you're kind of caught in the loop. Yeah, then. I am. So otherwise, I could rank some myself. They're the but worst. They're the worst landlords. You know that they really are the worst landlords. I mean, they have a they have a responsibility to their tenants, and they need to have the staff who can react to situations like this rapidly. Uh huh. Fair enough. You're heading into the weekend. Nothing's gonna. Not, no, you'd be lucky no, if they called today, but I don't I think they it. will. And they didn't come yet. No, no. Are you cold? Freezing. Well, I'm worn out because I'm only in from work, so I'm still a bit hot. And I'll be going again to work later. I have fun, so that's all I'm doing. All right. And put in a nice, yeah, I know with fire, it's great, but it only heats one room. Oh, it's, no, listen, you, you don't have to tell us. People who are listening know this predicament you're in and. Like gas, we're told to take, like the ads on television say, switch it off at the mains, call yeah, the emergency service yeah. and get it sorted. You contacted yeah. the council who are your Straight tenants away. and they say, we have it on file. Ah, for yeah. So if you're saying to me, if I got a gas plumber to call there, he wouldn't be here, he wouldn't be able to touch it? No, because I don't own the property. So would you, we need to call council on your behalf to get the finger out. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll be back to you. Thanks, Paula. Back after 11. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. 104 to 106. Red FM. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. I want to say best wishes to uh, the Rotary Tree of Remembrance that um, is, uh, rep- is launched again tomorrow for the Christmas season at 1 o'clock on Patrick Street. This is the 20th year on Patrick Street. And, uh, you know, you have the, the tree there where you can write little messages remembering loved ones at Christmas. You write the little message on a yellow ribbon and it's hoisted up onto the tree and, and you got all of these yellow, very colourful garlands then. In a few weeks' time, the whole tree will be full of them. Uh, so all of the... It's, it's, it's free, I mean, but donations are gratefully received. There's no cost, but donations are gratefully received. And this year, the Rotary Tree of Remembrance, all of the funds go to Cork Charities again. And the chosen charities are Marymount Hospice, Arc Cancer Support, St. Vincent de Paul and the Samaritans. And believe it or not, this is the 20th year of the tree on Patrick Street and they will exceed 1 million euro. 
in fundraising raised um, in the last 20 years. Over a million. It's an incredible thing. So one o'clock tomorrow uh, on Patrick Street uh, with the Lord Mayor and uh, the first ribbon on the tree will be the first citizens. Um, and you never know. Um, they say that Micheál Martin might turn out as well. So today won't be his last official engagement or photo op on Leaside. It could well be tomorrow morning. Now, between now and midday today, another family pass for Fundamania, the Christmas Village Experience on the Tremor Road. That opens on the 16th next week and runs right through to the 8th of January. Not only do you get into Fundamania Christmas Village, but you also get a trip to Fawcett's Circus as well. So we got a family pass to give away a little later on this morning. You're listening out for Christmas songs. And our fifth and final giveaway for Jim Crowley Craft Butchers in Middleton. We have a turkey and ham to give away as well this side of midday. And it's a free food Friday. More shout outs for Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. It'll feed 15 to 20 of you. It'll be delivered by Red Patrollers. Hot and tasty this lunchtime. Uh, so text who you are and where you are and we'll do those shout outs in about 10 minutes time. But I mentioned earlier on this morning that I received a package yesterday. Um, it had a very confusing address on it, but it did have my postcode and my house number. So it was delivered to me, but it's actually belonged to a chap by the name of Joseph Crotty. So I won't go into the details because it's a present Anyway, Joseph Crotty has got in touch to say, I believe the package was delivered to you yesterday in error. You better believe it was, because it ain't mine. Uh, Joe says, the problem, I think, was that the wrong postcode was put on it, but I thought I had rectified it. I contacted them straight away. They never got back to me, says Joe. Well, they didn't correct it. They just posted it, and it had my uh, air code on it. And he says, "Um, P.S. Neil, as regards the wrong package, shh. It's the wife's Christmas present. So thankfully, I didn't actually say in any amount of detail what was in the package. So happy that it's a Christmas present. Happy that I have it uh, and that I can get it to you. So don't have it with me, Joe, but I tell you what, I'll bring it out to work with me on Monday morning. And uh, Monday morning from uh, nine o'clock opening time here at Red FM, your package with your wife's Christmas gift will be at reception here at Red FM. So just come on out and pick it up for yourself. All right, and off you go. Uh, back to the phone phone lines we go, because of course we're talking about Christmassy things and there are some traditions that need to be minded and bigged up and supported. And uh, one of them, of course, is the annual Christmas Day out for Idel House, which is happening on Sunday. Man behind it, of course, with a lot of help and volunteers is Joe Byrne from Joe's Hair Salon, Hair and Beauty. And the clock is ticking to Sunday. But if I know Joe, everything's under control. Joe, good morning. Good morning, Ian, my friend. How are you? What kind of shape are you in? Well, I'm lying in the marshal at the moment, Ian. There's a lovely theatre gown on me. A see-through underpants on me, because of everyone to call it. <laughs> Tights up to my ties and little blue hat waiting to go for surgery. Oh, well, good luck with the surgery. You're well-dressed for that. I heard you were in I'm, and out a bit. I hope everything's all right. I will be, um, Neil, but like I'm kind of pissed upset now that you know I could miss Sunday not less I'll be out and I could sit there and just enjoy the event without doing anything you know? I know I know but I, and hopefully because that will happen but your health is your wealth and if you get out for also, Sunday know, well and yeah. good but yeah. mind yourself absolutely mind yourself. I know that yeah. yeah but we have a big Sunday planned for Sunday Neil and it's going to be major and I'm very excited about it you know? okay okay any last things that need doing just tell us about what the day will entail again now because well, I think the day will entail now free haircuts normally that we do but we have lots of kids coming from Edel House, Coley Refuge and Good Shepherds right. and we have people coming from Penny Dinners, Neil and we also have people that contacted me privately 
So we have something like maybe 50, 60 kids. We have mothers, we have single dads with kids, and then we have individual adults themselves. So we have Flannery's, Pat Murray, John Gavney, the big marquee in Flannery's. We have my husband taking over the realm, organising all the volunteers, the food for the day. We have presents, Neil, and I mean presents. Yeah, for have everything. people been donating, Joe? Neil, non-stop. Once I got onto your show, once I put it out there, say to the customers, say to the community, it has not stopped. We have a house full of stuff. And then we have Finn, he's a van driver, no to be on to sometimes. He's coming to collect all the stuff in his vans on Sunday to take over to the marquee. That's fantastic. When you say, fu- when you say, fu- I know, haven't you got a magician there as well for the kids on the I day? have a magician, Gerard Kern is coming out. We have Santi Bike out, the escort, and we have some, some choir singer coming out as well. And food, when you say food, subject that's very close to my heart, what can people, what do you be feeding them? Neil, I'm fucking fasting since 12 o'clock last night. <laughs> what I wouldn't do now for Americano and a toast, a sausage sandwich, you have no oh, idea. Oh man, I'm there with you, oh, front and centre. Oh my God, the one time you can't have it. Anyway, Neil, yeah. <laughs> Flannery's are putting on food from 10 o'clock onwards for all day. They'll be doing breakfast in the morning, wraps, sausages, pudding, all the sorting, whatever's needed, then your day's sandwiches. Um, soup and minerals, crisps. They go on Isn't all day. Isn't it amazing? The Neil, they have the marquee decoration, beautiful, and they'll have it heated then from maybe 7 o'clock that morning just to make sure. Year in, year morning. out. Everybody that yeah. can help never lets you down, including Flannery. And Neil, after being on your show, a lady contacted me, Liz Plunkett from Green, said, but not buying any presents for cousins and nephews. They discussed it. They wrapped up 800 euros worth of presents, labelled them, and dropped them over to the salon. Would you believe that? Unreal, Amazing. isn't it? Unreal. Unreal. So you have Neil. Christmas gifts now for all of the kids Age appropriate and everything. That's Age fabulous. appropriate, sex appropriate, kids for the mammies, uh, presents for the mammies, presents for the daddies. We have 100 euro vouchers for super valuers for mams that want to fill their fridge. We have um, Costa coffees. We have um, cinema tickets. We have loads of prizes. But they'll go home with bags and stuff. And then anything left over then, we'll go into Katrina Penny dinner. I know, I know. People out there, and it's a great—it's a great boost now. for the kids who normally wouldn't oh. have a Christmas like that, for instance. And it's great to be able Neil, to give it to them. They started off with a few selection boxes and things a few years ago, and now it's come such a common Andrew event. The Lord Mayor's going to call in at eleven o'clock. I've asked her to call in just to see what a local community can do. You well know what I mean? Well done, well done. And maybe you said, Mike, you could represent me, I suppose. I what time is it? What time does it finish up at? It'll finish up hopefully at half two. I'll do my very best to get back as if I, if, I, if I can get back in time for that I will yeah will you grit the roads I'm, t- I'm doing my only worry now is that the roads will be okay coming from Edel House and all that but Don't I'm sure that it's got to be okay in the morning Santa okay. Claus will look after all of that for you I'm sure but you need to mind yourself now I know that you're out and the staff are running the salon and you know you just need to get well it's and you know. bad time to year now Neil really I have to thank all my customers for the support but I really it's your busiest time I know that I, yeah. won't, I won't be there and I love being there doing Santa and acting the maggot but uh, as you say my health comes first it does yeah. and but Neil I couldn't do any of this without all your support guys as Not always you'll be brilliant and Cork City you'll be amazing absolutely and anybody well can make me a nice toasted sandwich at half past five tonight drop it up
<laughs> Maybe it's a tin pie with a bit of moss. <laughs> and a couple, of, and a couple of sausages inside. Oh, it. Jesus, me! Oh, I do love, but that's what I want now. And a nice hot cup of coffee. <laughs> You'll be out for the count oh. in a few minutes' time. Oh, when, really, you, yeah. when you come round, you can eat all round you. But listen, you good luck in the tight Neil. They're gorgeous. Oh, I have a mental picture of it. Like I'll be, I'll be seeing you all day. <laughs> and the little knickers. <laughs> Mind you yourself, Joe. Take care, Bye, pal. Friend, good bye luck. Bye. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Couple of shout-outs. A massive shout-out to Kilmeen National School in West Cork. They're listening. They're having their Christmas concert, The Wizard of Oz, this evening in the Rossmore Theatre. And they're very excited because it's the first concert since 2019. Have a great evening, guys. And morning to everybody at Father Rock School on Father Matthew Street. They're selling honey that they made on the facility as well as teas and coffees all day, well, up until half past 12 today, and all of the proceeds are going to Marymount. Job well done, guys and gals, making their own honey and serving it today with teas and coffees until half past midday proceeds uh, to Marymount. Right, keep those texts coming. Oh, listen, very, very seriously, there's a pallet on the Bishopstown flyover. It's left behind by a truck, a truck that lost a pallet. It's sitting in a lane on the flyover going eastbound, heading into the city, heading into town, just to... Take it handy until it's moved. It could have been by now, but just in case it isn't, it's in the middle lane of the Bishopstown flyover. And I have good news regarding Mary. Uh, we were in touch with Vincent Cashman down at the Dog Pound, the CSPCA. And we have a listener, actually, who wants to pay the fine for Mary's little doggy to get the dog out of the pound. It's not 100 euro, I'm told. Vincent says it's 50 euro. So that's sort of... But, but Mary, just, just seriously, I'm told that this is your third time now. Uh, that this has happened. So let me just very gently say you need to be more careful now, okay? So keep a close eye on the on the dog and don't be letting people take the dog away for walks or anything or don't be letting the dog out. Just pay attention. I'm saying that sincerely for your own good because this is the third time. So try and be a little bit more careful. So it's sorted. So maybe third time will be the last time. You know, we're talking about Christmas time and all of the different giveaways and things that you might be doing and places you might be going and parties that you might be going to. Uh, I came across an amazing opportunity and I want to give away a pair of tickets for this actually. And it's Cork Harbour Cru- Cruises. My apologies to Trish to not getting on the, on the air sooner. But apparently they're doing amazing Christmas parties on board their cruise ship and it's a beaut it really is I imagine it goes all the way down the harbour down past Blackrock Castle and out past Spike and out and about as people party on board and they're getting great responses to it anyway Trish joins me by my phone Trish good morning Hi Neil how are you? How is it going? Because it sounds like a real novel idea it's a different way of having a Christmas bash Oh Neil it's, it's been magic actually we were out there now on Wednesday night and we had a charter there Wednesday night. And you mean a charter uh, means somebody took the whole boat? Yes, uh, Foyles Ireland actually. They had um, their marketing department from all over Ireland, had a conference and they came down. So, oh my goodness, we turned the world upside down actually, to be honest. How many on board? A hundred. Wow. Well, I think a hundred comfortable on board and it's a 200 passenger boat. But indoors then it's all heated indoors as well. So there's a comfortable um, hundred. So your Christmas party or your 21st or your birthday, your anniversary could be on board as the ship sails down the harbour and out into the Great Harbour and out around Spike and Roaches Point and things. Yeah, so we leave from Custom House Quay in the city and go down the river past Black Rock through Loch Mahan, Passage West, Monkstown. You're passing Ring of Skiddy Deep Waterbirth there where all the ships are called Bolin. 
cove and all the beautiful lights up there for the cathedral. Oh, and it's beautiful by night. What? Just magic by night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even nights like this, I know it's warm on board, obviously, but you're looking out at clear skies and stars in the sky and everything. Honestly, on Wednesday now we had the full moon and I think every star and planet was jumping out of the sky. It was so magic. And then you had the sunset with the fantastic orange colours this time of the year. It's uh, it's beautiful. And people actually just wrapped up and went stayed outdoors for as long as they uh, could. They had their fab. hot toddies and hot ports and Irish coffees and sugar. In the most Guinness beautiful harbour in the world. So is there a bar on board and hot food in there? There is a bar on board. We we do bring catering on board if people do request it, but we don't um, normally just have it on our public cruises. But there is the bar is open on board and um, sort of say serving hot toddies, hot ports, Guinness wine, um, a range of spirits. And yeah, do you do take all the taste buds. Yeah, sure thing. Do you do? Would would you do kind of cruises and parties for twos and fours where people can buy two tickets or four tickets and then a hundred? Yeah. Strangers would all get together and go out on the boat. Well, that's what's happening now tomorrow night, which is the 10th, and the 17th, it's open to the public. It's public cruises. So um, anybody, as you say, it can be one person, two or ten. It's, um, there's different little groups that are after booking in and individuals and a few for date nights and just catch up with friends and everything like that. Very nice, so, isn't it? It's very nice. And the facilities on board are very posh. They're very plush, in fairness. It's all decked out now for Christmas. Oh, I mean, Marguerite O'Connor, she's our resident entertainer. So, Fantastic. Um, and Fantastic. she's been singing and entertained them all there now. How long is the night then? It's two and a half hour cruise. So we depart at 6.30 and you're back then for nine o'clock. Oh, I think it's fantastic. Great timing as well. Is it expensive? Yeah. It's at 45 for a single. Uh, it's 80 for a duo, which is two people. Yeah. And then there's group rates as well for more than 10. Okay. So, so um, do, you, do you run the, the actual ship and the cruises all year round? Or do you park it for a while and bring it back at Christmas or what? Do you know, we have the Collie Noir, the orange boat, they're running all summer. And um, she was really busy, really popular for corporates and everything. So Cape Clear Ferries bought the Spirit of Doolan uh, for the Fastnet Rock and for the Fast Ferry to Cape Clear. And she arrived early. So we said we'd give it a shot here for the Christmas. And see We'd only we have the loan of it, is it? I, yeah, I kind of borrowed it for a bit. <laughs> Good for but, you, Trish. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's just a taster for next year. You know, I'll have her now, I, I suppose, till the end of March, maybe a little bit longer if I can keep a hold of her. I think it's fantastic. And um, you know something? tours of the harbour as well, Neil, the history of the harbour is just amazing. Uh, listen, you're preaching to the converted. It's underutilised and underexploited in all the right ways, you know. You're doing yeah. a New Year's Eve cruise as well. I think everybody goes That's out and goes right. back to Crawford and Co., is it? Yeah. So Crawford and Co. We have a DJ on board that night then, and you do the two and a half hour cruise, and then go back to Crawford for they have a grazing board there in Prosecco, and ring in the new year there again with uh, DJs in the Crawford and Co. So that'll be a pretty cool night as it well. Will. You know, it's Everything something different. It's just magic out there. It really is. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Good I, luck with it. Um, can I can I can I snaffle a couple of tickets off you to give away? Yes, Did you yes. say something about the sixteenth or seventeenth? There's the 17th, or there's tomorrow night, if you, um, this space is available for tomorrow night, or the what? 17th, and if you want to um, give away two for the New Year's Eve. Actually, that's a great coffee. idea. I might give away two for New Year's Eve. That's a great idea. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. listen, for the public who want to go and get on board and support this and get out and see our gorgeous harbour, how can they book? 
www.corkharborcruises.com or they can give me a bell at zero eight seven. Oh my goodness, what's the boat phone number again? I'll get the <laughs> number off. You can give the number to the line. It's 086. Is it the treble seven number? No, that's my number. Oh, I nearly <laughs> gave out your own price. <laughs> I'll get the number off you from Kevin and we'll give it up. But CorkHarborCruises.com. You can book yeah. this side of Christmas. You can book for New Year's Eve. You can book for twos or fours or tens or twenties. Good luck with it. And it's, like, it's going to be around for the next number of months. So for any events like that, I've had 80th birthdays, 50th birthdays, you know, <laughs> For any special event, really, it's just something really different. It certainly you know? is. Well done. Congratulations yeah. with it. Okay, CorkHarborCruises.com. Cork I get the mobile number in a couple of seconds. Happy Christmas to you, Trish. Many happy returns. I hope you have a good one. Cheers. And jump on board if you're about. You better believe it. I'd love it. Thanks so much. Would uh, uh, You get the number and we'll just give it a bass. There's an 087 number. It's 87 087-95-44-140. Thanks, Kevin. Free Food Friday shout-outs. This will feed 15 to 20 of you. Morning to everybody in bold in Boston Scientific. We're working today and tonight. Three Degrees Hair Design in Blackpool are listening. Hard working, getting everyone's hair ready for Christmas. Yeah, I imagine the point... Trying to juggle appointments must be tough this side of Christmas for hairdressers. Craig Thompson and Pat McDonald's Paints and their new store on the Commons Road got in touch. He'd love to feed the group. Uh, I would love this as a night out for myself and all the stay-at-home mothers in Granada. A good excuse for us to get out for a night and catch up and, of course, and the end receiving uh, end being served, says Audrey. I'm not quite sure how that slipped into Free Food Friday. You ain't going anywhere, honey child. I'm going to send you food if you're lucky enough to win. Scrappy & Co. at Cork Metal Products in Dublin Hill. Smurfit Kappas, Michael O'Driscoll Motors in Inniscarra. Twilight News in Patrick Street, Paul Street in the bus station. Topman Barbers in Ballancolic are listening. Bonsagore Hair Village, the nursing home. Sorry, Care Village, the nursing home. O'Donovan's Pharmacy, Balafi Han. Barry Joyce Coles, MMD Construction. Eurocar Parts in Wilton. Honey Brown's Hair in Ballancolic. Kirby Car Dismantlers in Ballinacurra. After crashing out in the last stage of the Rally of the Lakes last week, Valerie and all of the gang who are amazing hairdressers in, where are they again? They're in Balafihan. And just one or two more. Uh, the Home Support Office in the Balafihan Healthcare Centre, doTERRA at Blarney Business Park, Love Piri Piri Food and Love Roosters. Um, what else have I got? Shipping Solutions are listening as well around the clock to make sure that all the shops and supermarkets are kept full for Christmas. And this is lovely for all of the team at Wise House at St. Luke's Home in Mahan, working so hard. We'll be on Christmas Day and all of Christmas, making sure our residents have a special day. We must leave our own loved ones, especially our young children, but we do it for the love of the residents and the home. Uh, Bally McSimon Farm and Castle Lions are working hard in DCN Developments in Glanmire. One more bunch of shout-outs this side of midday. Text 0868104106. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. All right, you guys are the biz. Toka Community Association have sent me a photograph this morning of the lock, and they're saying that 80% of the lock is now frozen over. Will it be 100% by 5 o'clock? I imagine it could well be. When was the last time that the lock was frozen over? Toka Community Association say that 80% of it is frozen this morning. Another person that must be frozen is Michal Martin because somebody <laughs> sent me a photograph from the opening of the bypass this morning and there's Michal Martin, the Taoiseach, with no hat on his head, standing next to... 
You guessed it. You're one step ahead of me. Michael Healy Ray, who's got his cap on. He's the smart one. And there's a lot of caps around me hall, but he is capless and hatless. And I'd say he was feeling the cold. Looks like he had a big warm crombie on him. But there he is beaming and chatting away with Michael Healy Ray. A lot of texts on Harry and Megan. Megan, I may be the only one, but I loved it. I thought they needed to tell their story and why not? There are only so many lies you can have said about yourself and why not make money off it? Who doesn't make money these days? Yes, the first step though was slightly slow that was the only one I watched but two and three were way better her pain when speaking about her dad is also quite evident with what he did to her I also don't think that she mocked the curtsy as you suggested she mocked herself and her American interpretation of the curtsy and how she did it is it curtsy or courtesy? I suppose it's curtsy. Um, it's like she was embarrassed for herself. That's how it came across to me. And there's more. I watched it. Oh, my God. I didn't have anything else to do. Painful. I won't be watching the next episode. Will you please get a grip? Who cares about the royal family? Time to change stations. Neil, she married into the royal family for a woman who didn't want to be in the limelight. Now she has opened a huge can of worms, says Pat. Did you not know, says Shiona, that she has been obsessed with Diana since she was little, Megan? She's constantly playing the Diana card, trying to act like her and that she is being harassed. I can see clearly uh, she is seriously acting and Harry is just totally blind. But he is as bad as her. She was never suicidal. She is way too strong for that. William saw, saw through her straight away. The whole thing is farcical. I wouldn't cross the road to see either of them. She constantly wants the limelight. Oh, the poor royalists are upset about the Netflix documentary. It's very easy to upset them. And one or two more. You're talking about people's private lives and the private lives of the royals. Yet the private life of Leo Varadkar is off limits to you, says Richie in Toker. Uh, I won't be watching. It's cringy. Why don't they just go away? Close mouths, catch no flies. I can get the highlights on TikTok. Uh, the Royals, and this is brilliant. This is brilliant because I was even thinking this myself. The Royals are like J.R. and Bobby Ewing and Megan, uh, as Megan would play the part of Sue Ellen. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know that that would really work. But uh, what I do agree is it's just like Dallas or it's just like Succession or it's just like, you know, the Kevin Costner TV show Yellowstone. You know, the the... the the workings or the non-workings or the, you know, uh, the, the, the drama within families. So it is like Dallas. You are right in that regard. Uh, your Republicans seem to know an awful lot about the royals for Republicans. Maybe they should look at their own country first uh, and see that we have our own problems here. And one final one. Megan knew she was onto a good thing when she came across Harry. Of course, oh, I read this earlier. She said they're saying that... Um, Harry is the dopey one and she decided there was a lot of money to be made. She's just a greedy woman. So thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868 104 uh, Delighted to hear actually uh, during the week that uh, we will eventually get a statue of Michael Collins, uh, the big fella. And I'm told that it probably will be somewhere on Patrick Street. I was mentioning it in the same breath of the Christie Ring statue, forlornly abandoned way off in the distance up in Cork Airport. So when we get this, we need to put it in a seriously good location. Timmy Crowley. Tim Crowley is the chairman of the Michael Collins 100 Committee. Joins me by phone. Tim, good morning. Good morning, Ian. Will this be a fundraiser, Tim? Uh, like a GoFundMe? You did something like that for Michael Collins' statue in Clon, didn't you? Well, I, I suppose 20 years ago, 2002, there was no such thing as GoFundMe. 
and and one of the things we're going to be fascinated by is to see the difference this time trying to raise the money, the, the money as against uh, 20 years ago but uh, <clears throat> we have excuse me we have a, a website it's um michaelcollinsstatue.com and there's a donate pay button on that you go, press that and it takes you into the GoFundMe facility and also of course you can contribute to, straight into the bank account with the IBAN number as well uh, How much do you need? Uh, we're looking slightly over the 100,000 now we're hoping to finalise the site on Patrick Street next week with the council and uh, depending where the statue will be going it might uh, affect the price slightly so okay. that it, it will, the ballpark figure is slightly over 100,000 okay. and then of course we will be handing the statue over to Cork City Council and they will be uh, placing it in, in, on the site then afterwards Okay, I'll get, I'll get to the statue in a second but have you any ideal location if you had a wish to be granted as to where it would go well, uh, to be honest, I'm not going to jinx it. I suppose the meeting next next week by kind of talking about different locations. But look, we, we obviously as a committee, uh, the, the one thing we have in common with all huge interest in Michael Collins, and we want it as as, as prominent a position as, as possible. And we're conscious then that all these people from all over the world are contributing to the statue as well. And we have we have a responsibility to make sure it is a, in a prominent position. I know, I know. And I know it's just for me, just as a punter and a lover of all things Cork. I would have thought maybe Dawn Square, you know, because it's got yeah, a view, it's got a panoramic of the Grand Parade and Patrick Street. That's right. Well, that's certainly in the mix. And, and then we were looking at a location there that just at the end of Upper Lane, kind of down the street, a small bit there from the Echo Boy statue. And then in front of Brown Thomas, there's just, I suppose, there's at least a half a dozen serious locations there on, on Patrick Street. It's great to and, be even talking about we, locations, we isn't it? Yeah, it's the big fella on his bike, is it, Tim? Is it Tim? That's right, yeah. Um, I suppose, uh, you know, the, 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 our sculptor, Kevin Holland, uh, I think made a statement there recently, Michael Collins is the historical figure that just keeps on giving because there's so many aspects to his character and he's so many roles. We, we put him in, in Clannacilty as the statesman making the, the speech and, and uh, of course, Kevin created that statue as well. But we, we've been thinking about a while there that the, the, the iconic photograph of him taken down in Wexford in 1922 with the bicycle, yeah. which kind of symbolises what he was doing during the War of Independence yeah. around Dublin, riding a bike, running a war against this huge empire. We, we think that's a very powerful image, and that's the one that we're, we're going to use for the... For the will the, that be life-size then, will it? It will be slightly over life-size, oh, and again... Uh, depending on the, the site that's agreed, it, there could be a few inches of, of a difference in the height of the statue and the and the actual height of the pedestal as well. Oh, it'll it, be it, will be, it will be over life size. Okay. And what's that? Is that like in marble or concrete or is it being cast or what? Oh, it's bronze. It, wow. it will be bronze. Isn't that uh, going to be amazing? Similar. Now, you, you could put a, a kind of a brown coating in the end on the bronze or you can put a slightly green sort of a tinge on it as well. But it, it will be it will be made of bronze. Now, in, interestingly, the bicycle itself is going to be made of stainless steel for, for to give the whole thing strength uh, with with a coating of bronze. And uh, so, so uh, Kevin Holland is doing a lot of work. I on know. All of that it took a hundred years, huh? Well, that's right. Now, it's, of course, there is the iconic bust of, of him in, in the park, yeah. park with yeah. um, the, done by the famous uh, Seamus Murphy. But uh, we, we feel this statue you now will be a real focal point in, in, in Patrick Street and it will be a visitor attraction as well. We've seen down in Clannacilty uh, the, the statue there in the Emmett Square has attracted so many visitors into, into the town and, and uh, we, we believe the same thing is going to happen there for, for, for Cork City Centre. When do you expect it to be in situ? Well, our, our aim is to unveil the statue next August, um, close to Michael Collins' 101st anniversary. That'll be fantastic. And is there a GoFundMe page set up already, Tim? 
there is everything is ready there and there's people contributing already so as I say if, if people want to go into the, the Michael Collins uh, statue.com uh, uh, page there and, and just uh, but click on the donate button it takes you straight into the donate uh, page michaelcollins.com is that what you said? Yes, it's, it's Michael, it's www.michaelcollinsstatue.com. Statue.com and give what you can yes. afford to do. I think it's going to be incredible. You need to get uh, north, just north of 100 grand. Hopefully that will happen sooner than later and we can get it done. I thought it was quite interesting, though, that the Irish Free State was formally came into being on the 6th of December 1922, a year after the treaty had been signed. So we got our sovereignty officially, I think you'd agree, on the 6th of December, 1922. In America, they celebrate that event with the 4th of July. But yet the 6th of December, the 100th anniversary of the formation of Ireland, if you like, went completely unnoticed. Did you did you pick up on that? Yeah, it, it, it's something, I suppose, that we... Um uh, we don't. We we don't have a kind of a national independence day or, or um, something like that here. We should have a bank holiday on that day, Tim, shouldn't we? Uh, I, I think so. Yeah. Now I can appreciate as well. Uh, we, we've often had this debate. Um, I'm, I'm obviously not an awful lot of historians, being running a museum and all of that. And some people feel that I suppose um, for we said the people up in the north, the nationalist minority, when when the treaty was signed that was not a good day for them um, and we've seen what has happened since that time so that's that's a whole I suppose um, subject for debate we've got our independence down here but uh, because of other complications with like the north and so on I suppose maybe that was one of the reasons that they didn't want to open that can of worms I know what you're saying but anyway yeah. maybe that's a conversation for another day the GoFundMe um, uh, link actually is on GoFundMe as well statue of Michael Collins in his home city Cork so you'll find it on a GoFundMe search and you'll also find it at www.michaelcollinsstatue.com am I right Tim? That's that's correct. That's Fair our play. website, and, and on the website there's some information about the statue. Just a little bit about the committee, just to, to sort of people know who they're dealing with with this uh, project. Uh, the, all the members of the committee have been involved over the years with different Michael Collins projects. They're historians and, and and all of that. The ethos is of the committee is is non-political as well. Uh, so I suppose the one thing, as I say, we all have in common is that we have a huge interest in Michael Collins, and we uh, we would love to see the statue placed on the on a, in, in Cork City and. Uh, a great slogan we've come up with there the, the rebel Michael Collins and the rebel city you got it that's a good one all day long it's got a great ring to it it will happen best of luck with the fundraising Tim stay in touch if there's anything you need alright ok thanks a million take Nick. care Tim Crowley chairman of the Michael Collins 100 committee from the Michael Collins museum incidentally when we get that over the line let's hope that it will be quickly followed by a big huge um, massive life-size sculpture or some kind of commemoration like that to the dockers down the quay. Text 0868104106, the last bunch of shout-outs after the break. Andy Williams, the most wonderful time of the year. That means phone lines are open for lots of our different giveaways this morning. Actually, talk about Christmas time. That's a Christmas song. Agreed? Definitely. Aaron says, I'm hoping you can help me and my fellow colleagues out with this one. Went into work this morning to find a bit of an argument going on as no one seemed to know the answer to a particular question. I hope you or your listeners can assist us in putting this issue to rest once and for all. The question we are trying desperately to find the answer to is this. Is Die Hard... A Christmas movie. Warm regards, says Aaron. Um, well, to answer your question, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? The answer, as far as I'm concerned, is no. Others may 
agree or disagree. They can text themselves, but if you're asking me, no. Text 0868104106. And I love this one. He says, I was laughing since Wednesday night and I can't stop laughing. She says, I just wanted to share my giggles. I went to a fashion show in West Cork. They do things differently down there. The compare was very witty and at one point offered up a spot prize if any woman would take out her false teeth and hold them up in the air. I laughed away thinking he was joking. Can you believe one woman did? I nearly fell off my chair choking with laughter when my stomach was churning in disgust at the same time Jesus wept. What's next? She got her spot prize though. I have no idea what it was as my head was ringing from the laughing. It was a fashion show with a difference. Well, as I say, they do things differently down west along. Free Food Friday shout out to MMP O'Sullivan Cash and Carry. To the Coast Guard team uh, who rescued the dolphin yes, last night. To everybody at TLC Cresh and Blarney, Countrywide Drains and Dripsy, Cork University Hospital, Northside Tires, the Cork Registry Office, who are also listening, TLC Unlimited Discretion Preschool in Blarney, Keita Products, um, AP Vaughan Recycling, ND Paintings, who are painting away in Cargillana, Feel for People Who Are Outdoors These Days Working, O'Leary O'Sullivan Developments in Nocraha, Donsworth Office Supplies, Forge Hill, Fifth Avenue on Oliver Plunkett Street, Morning All, Unique Fit Out in Glanmire, Bar One Racing, uh, Hepburn Professional Crew, Hard Working and Starving, They Can't Even Boil a Kettle, because the water in the hose is frozen solid. See what it's like to be working outdoors? Joe Conway Oils, National Seaways in the Port of Cork, uh, all in one building, Stone in Dripsy, the Immunisation Department in Mallow Primary, Irish Removals, High Street Books, McKechnie Cleaners, Scannells Pharmacy in Ballonine, Yall and District Nursing Home, uh, Little Island Transportation, the Personnel Department at the HSC, and two or three more, Rathbeacon Fireplaces are listening, the Cope Foundation, Joe's Edge in Blarney, all of the ladies at Little Island, Dent and everybody at Rockwell Engineering. Those are the shout-outs. Have a great weekend, each and every one of you. I wish I had more time, but I don't. Um, just, <laughs> just with regards to the terms that you absolutely hate in your lives, and it all started with the uh, emails that start on Fridays when people send you an email saying, Happy Friday. It's a total head wrecker. Happy Friday, Neil. Just looping in with you, as previously discussed... <laughs> words like that some of which were used actually by the gang at EBO I think it's actually EBO I've only discovered for the first time and I've been reading out your shout outs like for two or three years now and getting it wrong every time Kieran, how are you I've, I've been getting the name of the company wrong have I I know, well, we go, but we go by anything, really. And you, and, you, and you had the manners never, ever, ever to correct me it's EBO Home Rescue what do you do? We're in home maintenance. We do kind of renovations, boiler services, any fix really around the house. So all right. Plumbers, painters, carpenters, all on the books. I could do with one of you, or many of you. Yeah. So it's Ebo Home Rescue, a one-stop shop for rescuing anything in the home. Where are you based? Uh, we're down the marina, down in the culture co-working in the marina business park. All right, you've been texting for an absolute age, man. You probably go to the marina market for sco- for food, do you? We pop in there quite a bit, yeah, sure which is a great spot. All right, yeah. well, how many of you are there? There's, there's about 10 of us in the company, and there's another few then um, in Marina, in the Culture Code that are going to come in and join us. All right, well, the, you're going to get a big feed yeah. from Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park, if you can give me an almighty shout-out. <laughs> Go there now, all right, Go. three, two, one. Hooray! <laughs> ah, not at all. <laughs> you're joking. That's, a, that's appalling. And we're going to blame the phone. No, the it's, it's, phone. Like, it's, it's yeah. like as if you're acting. You're doing a Meghan Markle on it. Give me a real <laughs> shout-out, will you, man? One more time. Hooray! No, it's still... Like, put me on speakerphone to that closet, that 
that crowd. Put me on speakerphone. You're on speakerphone there now. Lads, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. we can. you got to really believe that you're going to win this. Like, that's just appallingly poor. I want a serious, okay. from the heart shout out. Come on. Okay. <laughs> now we're getting there. If I had another half an hour, I'd probably get a good one out of you. But anyway, you sound like a good <laughs> bunch. Lunch is on the way, Kieran. <laughs> now, half the staff are going to all over Cork County, so they're on their way back as we speak. Well, so we'll, um, I can't we'll, hang around. We will record another right. cheer for you in a minute. Okay. Send me, send me that in a WhatsApp, will you? <laughs> Happy too. Christmas. Food is on the Thank way. You. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Well done to all concerned. Now, we have uh, Turkey and Ham this morning. Who have I got for you? Turkey and Ham, Geraldine McGrath in Monogorny in Douglas. Congratulations and family pass for Fundamania. Now, it's Fundamania with the difference this year. It's the Fundamania Christmas Village experience. And that's for Olivia O'Sullivan in Gartine in Blarney. What well, Bantry, I should say. What are we going to do with... Uh, I'll tell you what, you give, give people a choice. We've got two tickets to give away for Cork Harbour Cruises. You can take it for one of the Christmas parties on board or you can take it for New Year's Eve. I don't mind either which one. So pick up the phone on that, call a 9 I wish I had more time. I didn't touch the surface and a lot of other stuff we wanted to do. So we'll pick it up on Monday. Have a good weekend. And really, seriously, 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 happy Friday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.